Wet Every Podcast, episode 60. Uh, this week we're going to talk about Hell in a Cell, which is the latest Raw pay-per-view. For sure. We actually had our first women's uh, title card match tonight, I think. Um, and it was pretty awesome. Well, not the, only the first that women's uh, Hell in a Cell match that event. main evented the event. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty impressive. That, that's what it means. Um, we've got lots of Marvel news. We're going to talk a little bit of comic books, um, some movie news, and then we're going to talk about our weekly roundup of shows. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a condensed intro because we do have a big show. So let's get to yeah. it. Let's do it. Oh, joining us this week, our, our resident wrestling analyst, yeah. Mr. Ryan Bailey. Dude, put that on your resume. <laughs> what have you done? Oh, I uh, work with William Bolivia, and I am a wrestling analyst, actually. Kind of fun. A anal ripist. Um, yeah, that's too yeah, yeah. yeah. Under contract with whatever. Oh. Yeah. No, we don't pay him anything. Yeah. But no, still, you can't not compete. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's implied. Yeah. All right. So let's get opened uh, up with the WWE Hell in a Cell event. Uh, this was actually kind of meh to me, actually. There, there was a couple of high spots in it, but overall the event was kind of this, this wasn't the strongest pay-per-view I've seen. Um, let's let's start out. Uh, Bailey wanted to talk a little bit about the six-man tag match that actually happened on the pre-show that we don't have in the show notes because we usually don't talk about those because you fuckers usually aren't here during the pre-show. So, Ryan's here, and one of the things he wanted to talk about was the six-man tag uh, that opened up with a pre-show, actually. Um, we kind of barely caught that, Matt and I, because I wasn't paying attention, and Matt was cooking me food, so, um, as you do. No, like, like like I do. Yeah, I caught as more attention than you guys did. Uh, the pre-show match was actually really good. I enjoyed it greatly. Um, the chemistry between them was very well. They did some things that actually impressed me, like two mans going, two guys going off the rope at the same time in the same section of the ring, which is very difficult to do. Yeah, I think you said that's really hard to time. And if it you, is. You picture that. I mean, it's like kind of trying to jump off the same spring at the same time because and hit the if, cadence, right? If yeah. you if you're a fraction of a second off, somebody's getting fucked up, and usually it's the second guy that hits. Yeah. I've been there. I've done it. It sucks. It's horrible. Yeah, you're not getting any bounce off of that. It's basically like you just got snapped by the biggest rubber band in the world, and you're <laughs> more likely to just fall over than do anything else. Not only that, or you have so much momentum going into the ropes that you spring off, and you lose all your momentum coming out. Yeah. And I'm in my situation, I got clotheslined by the top rope, so I got put in between the top rope and the second rope. And I basically folded like an accordion backwards and just went onto the concrete floor. But yeah, that's no it's, good. No, I don't think you're supposed to do that. No. No. So I got I to gotta say, I'm actually really happy that uh, Raw has cruiserweights now. Me too. This is, this is uh, it's added a little bit of a dynamic to the show weekly uh, that I really like. I kind of hope at some point they get to the point where they don't have to change the ring ropes just for the one match every time because that... It's getting old. It it it's cool. Like okay, purple is the cruiserweight color or whatever. But like, it doesn't need. They to don't be... change the color of the ropes of the women's match versus the men's match or the tag match versus anything else. So why separate the thing if it's already? I, mean, I understand they want to make it special now because it's it's quote new, but mm. it is at some point like let's just let's just wrestle. But, yeah, yeah, and actually, the, the cruiserweights are a lot of fun to watch too. Like the the, um, the, the pure wrestling athleticism, uh, it's fun to watch the cruiserweights because they they do stuff that the big guys uh, not necessarily can't, 
but probably can't do with the succession uh, uh, that they do them in the cruiserweight t- uh, matches. So it, they're just fun to watch. And um, yeah, I don't think they need to differentiate it. In fact, I think if they played their cards right, they could make that much more uh, on equal footing with the main roster and have that be an interesting thing on its own. So. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about this during the actual show um, a little bit. There's promotions out there that are capitalizing specifically on like cruiserweight-style wrestling or um, like Chikara is one of the organiz- or, or, uh, organizations we talked about um, that specifically is uh, very rooted in uh, Lucha Libre mm-hmm. um, and tag wrestling. And uh, so I think WWE is doing a smart thing by including this kind of thing in their, their programming because people are watching Again. it without... Again wwe anyway because i mean they had the light heavyweight championship they've had the cruiserweight title they've had all this stuff before but they got rid of it and they lacked when they split the brands again and even before they split the brands they were missing something of that caliber of entertainment right and this finally brought it back and i'm glad it went to raw because raw is a three-hour show and this gives them something that they can put on display that isn't somebody talking in the ring for an additional 20 minutes or so yeah all right, so let's uh, open up with our first uh, match of the the event, and that is Roman Reigns versus Rusev in a Hell in the Cell. Our first of three Hell in the Cells uh, tonight. Yeah, actually, this was surprising that this was the first match. Um, we talked about this before the show. I had made a comment that I should, I, I thought it should be as low as second. I never dreamed they would put it on first, but I'm glad they did, honestly, because this is probably my least favorite match of the entire night, and it's just because. I don't care. I think they knew. <laughs> I think they knew it was going to be everybody's least favorite match of the night. That's why it was first. And if you have three Hell in a Cell matches, like I was saying, f- beginning, middle, end, if you're going to do three Hell in a Cell matches, yeah. which is overkill for me, but yeah, still. so that I, I think actually was kind of a cloud over the whole event. Like um, doing so many Hell in a Cells in the same night is just kind of how do you uh, differentiate one from the other? Yeah. You so don't. this match was honestly kind of boring. And secondarily, like, um, you know, Rusev is, you know, a fine performer and an entertainer, but I just can't care about his personality. Like the, the, the personality that he, they're giving him right now. It, I just don't, I just don't care about it at all. Here's the thing about Rusev and Roman Reigns. People intentionally boo Roman Reigns because I think it's the cool thing to do these days. Yeah. It's like, like John Cena. Cena. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cena so And so then you put him in the ring with somebody like Rusev, who nobody gives a shit about either. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, all right. And honestly, put Roman in the, in, the, in the match with somebody who can actually lead a match and... And make both guys look good at the end of it. That's that's all I care about. I I don't care about Rusev versus Roman Reigns. I don't care about the Lana wedding. They no. got ruined. I don't care about I wonder, anything else. I, I want to care about the United States belt. I that's wonder, what I want to care about. What I'm wondering is if they're putting two people that they go, okay, nobody gives a shit about these, these personas. And they're hoping that maybe these guys can n- realize that and change their image and bring them out of that mold. To make the See, fans care about these, they're going to have to go pretty but, hard on that because, exactly. like Rusev, like Rusev needs like a complete character change to get any, anywhere. I think I with think Reigns, Roman does too. I think with Reigns, it's yeah, but it's not as hard. I think to move him in a different direction, like um, you know, it kind of reminds me of watching Triple H or something like that back in two thousands. Uh, Triple H was you know similarly like. Uh, um, 
not really a big deal. And and then they just kind of they turned his character a little bit, and and he went heel for a while, and he went face for a while, and and uh, you know they just shifted what they did with him. And I think Reigns is in that kind of same position. Like he's a good performer, he's an interesting talent, um, but I just don't the, care. The big difference between Roman and Triple H though is that Triple H is. Um, He's one of the best workers in the business. No, and he for sure has been. Yeah, and he doesn't have to rely on the person he's in the ring with to 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 have a good match to carry like, him. And... Triple H could go in the ring with a wooden dummy and make it make yeah, the we dummy do, look we, we like he was a star. Dummy. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, so that's just one of those things. Um, my thing, my thing about it is, is just I gotta I gotta believe that that there's talent in Roman. I see. I, I see it. Yeah, for sure. When I he was suspended for thirty days for his first uh, wellness policy violation, I say first, like it's his only. I mean, yeah. But you know, there's always hope, right? No, <laughs> because because the second time, sixty days. So yeah. Um, no, when he was suspended for that thirty days, though, like the crowd actually popped for him. Like when he came back the first time. Yeah, see, I think he's one of those that's cool to hate, but uh, people like him. Like it's uh, just like Cena. Like Cena, Cena still sometimes gets booze, booze. But I think that's kind of like part of the work a little bit. It, yeah. But like if ever if if Cena got hurt for real in the ring, the the audience would flip their shit. You know, yeah, like, they don't actually hate the guy. No, 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 no. Everybody, I think, loves Cena on on some level or another. And I think and, Reigns is kind of not not quite to that degree. Like I think people like Reigns, but they also like to hate Reigns. And I get why people don't like Cena. As far as, you know, dudes go, because, like, Cena is the guy that your wife and kids, like, scream for at the top of their lungs when he comes out. You know what I mean? And like, you're like, he does five fucking moves. Yeah. Are you serious? But the guy's also carried the weight of the entire WWE on his back for the last ten years. Yeah, so. I was going to say, pretty at pretty least much, a yeah. decade plus. Yeah. And I'm thinking Roman Reigns is more like, I don't know if, if you watched when The Rock first came in, introduced Survivor Series... As Rocky, yeah, oh, as Rocky Maivia, as yeah. Rocky Maivia, that, that's actually pretty apt. And yeah. people pop from that. that was his first match ever in a pay per view Survivor Series. Two weeks later, it was Die Rocky, and die. then it was Die Rocky Die, and <laughs> yep. everybody literally hated him. And Roman Reigns, I see being that guy where people don't like him, but if you do a minor change, you do a heel change, you throw him in something like they did with the Rock see, Nation of Domination, see, you. That's, change it barely boom that's what the internet's been he talking about for the into last a superstar year and a half though is like when are you going to turn this fucking guy heel because people are booing him anyway yeah well exactly. you know the other give thing, him a reason the other thing yeah. too is um i haven't heard roman on the mic at all but like at least with the rock like he's one mediocre of the, one yeah. of the big reasons that the rock is who he is is because he can rock a mic like uh, he didn't develop that didn't, though until later didn't. in the Nation of Domination yeah, stuff. It, it was it him. was about midway through the Nation yeah. of Domination thing that he actually really just and then he started battling it. with Farouk and was just like, boom, I'm in, I got this, yeah. and yeah. he took over the Nation of Domination and just had this huge feud and it just skyrocketed and then from instantly there. Instantly was in a feud with yeah Steve Austin. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So, and they feuded for what almost over a decade because he was part of the corporation and Steve Austin was obviously the very much anti corporation. That was a good storyline. So. Their storyline didn't end until WrestleMania 19, pretty much, because that was yeah. Austin's last match. So, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Seattle Field, yep. All right, uh, next match of the night was, uh, we, we should have mentioned also, Reigns won over Rusev there. Uh, he took the, the U.S. championship, is that right? Uh, he already had it. He yeah. retained. Oh, he retained. He retained US. it. Okay, perfect. Uh, our next match is Bailey, um, ba- Bailey versus Dana Brooke. Yep, non-title. This is a grudge match. Yep. 
uh, storyline going into this was that uh, Bailey was hurt, and uh, Monday Night on Raw, Dana Brooke took advantage of that with an arm wrestling match and further injured the hurt arm of Bailey, and Bailey was able to overcome the odds and and beat Dana Brooke at the pay per view, which we we kind of knew that was coming. Yeah, and I also didn't care about that match much we, at all. We knew it was coming, but I liked the way that they kept the story on the arm. They did. They, they she Dana Brooke worked the arm the entire match. And it was hit and miss with the selling from Bailey. There was moments where she wouldn't sell it when she should have sold it. Yeah. Well, there, there was a couple of moments where, like, you could tell, like, she forgot she was supposed to sell the well, arm because, like, for some of them, she couldn't get her arms up, and then the next one, she's like doing her, you know, Bailey thing. She's she's coming off uh, just having been added to the main roster a few months back. Uh, she was at the top of the the women's division at NXT. NXT. So she's not used to being the underdog at this point, and I, I think sometimes it, it takes a little bit of getting used to to get back in that mode where you're selling more than you're... Yeah. More than, yeah, gotcha. But overall in that match, I really like that they worked the arm, that they went to this classic style of, hey, we're telling a story with this arm. It's not it's not a spot fest. Right. Yeah. And Dana's work has been getting way better, too. She's actually was really good in, in what I saw this match. I was kind of back and forth between the kitchen and, and, and the living room for this one too, but uh, she's not built like your average woman's wrestler oh, in no. that she is fucking strong. Like she's she's built like dude, a Beth Phoenix or a Jazz. Yeah, th- that's what I said. Beth like, Phoenix ish. She think. comes out and she does this like uh, double curl. You know, like shows off those guns. Her arms are bigger than mine. Did I'm not even I think joking. They're bigger than I, all three I'm of us. Not combined. even joking. They're it's legit terrifying. bigger than mine. Yeah. Um. And and that really shows, especially in women, uh, because you know tradition. I mean, women get some good definition on their arms and stuff like that. But she's got some big guns. Yeah. So yeah, she yeah. That, she's kind of interesting, and secondarily, she's pretty goddamn athletic. Athletic too. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing more of her work later on in the future because I, I think she's only going to get better as long as she doesn't she stays healthy and doesn't get hurt. She's, I think she's just fine. been getting better from what yeah. I've seen. Well, and she was hurt. She was battling an injury for the last couple of months, which is why you didn't see her in ring as much. She was with Charlotte, kind of being Charlotte's lackey for a long time. And that's right. And what uh, in- I can't remember what injury she had. I, what injury? I, I don't remember either because they didn't really talk too much about it. And she was. I just know she was hurt. That's disappointing. They could have so, worked that. They could have. They didn't. Yeah. That's sad. It's all right, though. I, I don't think it's hurt her too much. So, All right. Next match of the night was the club versus Enzo and Cass. Uh, the club went over Enzo and Cass on this one. Um, I think this is the one where I went and got a beer, um, so I don't It wasn't a long match. match at all. It wasn't a super long match. Um, I was in the kitchen still uh, following the end of the uh, Bailey-Dana Brooke match, uh, and I missed almost the entire thing just – kind of cruising around the kitchen but we we were uh, posting we were live tweeting about this mm-hmm. uh throughout and this was this was the third match and i was just like well the club's got to go over because enzo and Cass are over enough they like the loss to. doesn't hurt them it's non-title yeah it wouldn't make sense for the club to lose yeah at all so and that's why just like the new day match i didn't really pay too much attention to it because i kind of figured who was going over in this match just based off their situational yeah. circumstances. Yeah. With, with, without having seen the match, I can tell you that the club was solid. <laughs> yeah. Um, coming from new Japan, uh, six months ago or so, or whenever that was, uh, those guys, they work a little snug over in Japan. Um, it's a little bit more strong style oriented. So they really lay their shit in when they, when they do stuff. So they always look good. That's, that's the thing. Like, and I like that. I do yeah. like that because it forces 
the competitors that say they don't sell as much or they're used to barely being hit to actually sell. Yeah. And while it's not a massive hit or it's not an injuring thing, you still feel it so yeah. you know how much you're able how much they're, you're supposed to sell. They're still working safely, just a little snugger than Exactly. Than, yeah. You know, some of your loosey goosey guys out there mm-hmm. that you know, honestly, and it drives me nuts if I can see that there's like a four inch gap between the dude's fist and then the guy's face when he's, yeah. you know, when they're squaring off. So uh, you don't get that with the club uh, no, or anything from anybody that comes out of New Japan, really, because. Oh, no. God, no. You don't do that shit there because they'll eat you alive. No. So. <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> they will. All right, uh, next match, Owens uh, Owens versus Rollins. This is our second Hell in the Cell of the night. This is our sort of uh, uh, second second act, if you will. And the first one where Eddie and I were officially wrong. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, um, we, we called this one for Rollins, actually. Yeah, Bailey didn't. Bailey, Bailey predicted believe, an Owens win. I believe I went 7-7 seven and seven this. You but didn't go seven you, and swayed, seven. you swayed me. <laughs> you got six, you you got six buddy. You got yeah. six. I got six, but yeah. you, you swindled you, me. So th- this this is the one where uh, Matt and I Matt and I both called for Rollins and uh, uh, Bailey definitely went for for uh, Owens on this one and I did call that Jericho would be a factor. Yeah, th- that so. did that <laughs> I I figured Jericho would become a factor too. See, we 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 called it wrong for all the right reasons because I, I, I we both I thought think thought that um, Jericho was going to interfere, which he totally did. Uh, but we kind of thought, based off of uh, what's been going on with them, that he was going to cause Owens to lose the, the the belt, and that would serve as a good way to get um, you know some tension and drama to get us to Survivor Series. Uh, unfortunately, we were wrong. I um, still think they're going to be split up by the time we get to Survivor Series. They will I be. Sp- I so believe too. that they will be split up, but I feel like to get them to have somewhat of a bond going further on. Having Chris Jericho help Kevin Owens retain the championship so gave that glimmer of a chance of hey we might we we we're still friends we're this let's move forward and so on and so forth things are probably gonna pitter off going into Survivor Series and things aren't gonna look so hot for Team Raw yeah yeah so what. Uh- we were wrong the once. Um, I still don't mind Kevin uh, Owens having the the Universal Championship. He's doing all the right things as far as being a heel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it helps that you have Chris Jericho on your side. And I think this further pushes Seth Rollins into a babyface role more than the kind of tweener role that he's been playing lately. The crowd's popping for him anyway, so he might as well just go full full, full babyface face, yeah. and just and just get oh, over yeah. it. This actually um, being our second Hell in the Cell match of the night. This I think they this one used the the cell a little bit better, um, but it, it about did. halfway through is when this one kind of picked it up. It started bit. off yeah. really slowly. It it looked but, like just a singles match for yeah. the first half the match. That's and actually I, kind of the summary. If you wanted to summarize this in general, I would say that that's kind of the theme with this. There, there's a lot of odd pacing with the matches and a lot of odd things. You know, odd, odd calls with the matches. I would say. And especially it being a Hell in a Cell, and this is where we get in the confliction of there being three Hell in a Cells in one night and them taking away from what the Hell in a Cell actually feels like and should be like Oh yeah, as a main event. As you have three, you take away from the main event, which we feel was dictated by the back, going, hey, you two beforehand, take it easy. You maybe have one, two spots. 
but save the rest for the main event with the women so the show can be theirs. And you See, didn't get the full-on Hell in a Cell matches that you felt like yeah, should be there. I honestly thought that was a fuck-up with the, with uh, how they decided to do this because they could have done the same thing and had great regular singles matches uh, and just left the cell to the women. And then the women's match would have had more going into it just with that alone. Uh, and then you wouldn't have come out of the singles matches feeling like oh, that was kind of a letdown. Well, and here's yeah. the thing about tonight. We had three Hell in a Cell matches. The only person that's been in a Hell in a Cell match out of all six competitors was Roman Reigns. He's the only one that's been in a Hell in a Cell match prior to. But he wasn't a competitor. He wasn't a competitor, yeah. And and his was the weakest, I thought, Hell in yeah. a Cell. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyway, it is what it is. We all three agree that Hell in a Cell should not be a pay-per-view. Hell in a Cell should be a match reserved for... Not An just, extremely special circumstance. Not just Hell in a Cell. Extreme Rules, Elimination Chamber, TLC. I hate all of those pay-per-views because they take away what that match means. Come up with a better name if you have to use one of those matches once. Yeah. Then that's fine. I mean, you can use the same pay-per-view name. You can use Hell in a Cell. Just have it one match. I don't you, even like that. I don't like it because then yeah, it limits I, you because then you're like, okay, there's going to be a Hell in a Cell match in this pay-per-view. But it also yeah. precludes the possibility of there really being a Hell in a Cell on a different pay-per-view as well I, because I, there's one dedicated like to that, it. And that I don't sucks, like that. But if they're so stuck in a situation where they're like, hey, we need this the, we need this to be the brand title. You yeah, don't have to. I don't think d- they do. You shouldn't. What happened I mean, to Judgment Day? What happened to No Mercy? What, what happened, happened to Unforgiven? What Armageddon? happened to God I really think I would say backlash, but that's back they should now. Save, I really think that they should save <laughs> stuff like Hell in a Cell because you can tell a lot better stories if they yeah. if they use that as sort of the uh, a surprise. Just imagine if yeah, it's a surprise instead of having this like I wonder if they're gonna challenge them to a Hell in a Cell since the pay per view is in two weeks, or if it's like a like one off like okay we've got some seri- we've got a serious grudge match and then they throw down the Hell in Could a Cell. Could you imagine if they didn't allude to the fact that a match was gonna be Hell in a Cell? Before you know, Survivor oh, and Series drops the cell, or yeah, and the Royal Rumble or whatever. Like, there's been a Hell in a Cell match at the Royal Rumble. I believe it was Mick Foley and Triple H was yeah was a Hell in the Cell at and Royal I mean, Rumble. Like we were discussing uh, earlier this night, the first ever Elimination Chamber, nobody knew what was going on. Eric Bischoff was like, "I have something special in store for Survivor Series. First time ever. Boom, Elimination Chamber. People's minds were blown. Yeah, it was a crazy match. Yeah." The idea that the pods opened at random and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, it, was it was just, yeah, it was changing, and so. it and it brought something. It brought a different gravitas to the scenario in which their story was, and having pay per views that just are TLC or Elimination Chamber, Hell in a Cell, are just. You don't uh, I don't do like it. I don't like the I don't like the gimmick named exactly pay per views because you expect it. it and it and it pigeonholes you into doing those things and for no, no reason. Even just one, yeah, you get pigeonholed, but three, it's just overkill, overkill, yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah, All right, I agree. let's let's talk our next match. That's Brian Kendrick My uh, versus T.J. Perkins. Yeah, for the cruiserweight. Uh, no, this is just a cruiserweight match. No title on the no, hand. No, this was the cruiserweight. No, this, this was, was the title. title. You're yeah. right. You're this right. This was the title. Uh, Perkins. Perkins. I think was the the current reigning he was cruiserweight champion, champion going into mm-hmm. it. Uh, Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick has been on the. This is my last shot bandwagon kind of and since the cruiserweight classic since he didn't win it since they brought him into raw he challenged for the title the first night the cruiserweights were on raw he lost uh he did go over tj perkins in a non-title match a couple weeks later and then this was 
the fourth time they faced off. Third. Third? Third. They didn't actually, they, I, they didn't fight in the, uh, Wade Open. in the uh, classic, no. Okay. But, uh, man, this, this match actually kind of had it all because on Raw, uh, Monday night, it, it basically had, um, uh, Kendrick kind of going from the more like uh, dastardly heel role into the uh, uh, desperate heel role, and essentially just backstage like, begging hey, TJ I Perkins to just give him the match. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't feed my family without this, and this is my last shot. Just, just please let me win, kind of a thing. Um, and they continued that up to the 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 pre show. Like they had a, a an encounter backstage for the pre show, um, and honestly. I, I can't speak for Eddie on this, but Ryan and I were huge marks for Brian Kendrick anyway. I, I loved Brian Kendrick um, when he was in his, his tag. Yeah, when he was when he was in uh, he was a SmackDown guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a SmackDown yeah. guy. It was Brian Kendrick and uh, oh, what was his name? I don't know either of them well enough. I, I think to really pick. Um, I yeah, I'm kind of a fan of Perkins just because Perkins is a. Um, He's a really impressive wrestler. Like he's a very technical wrestler, and uh, I sort of like his persona. Um, so, anyway, uh, but but the, these guys actually are both really interesting wrestlers to watch. So, yeah, they're oh, yeah. highly talented. I feel like watching their matches, I get, I just get engrossed watching them because of the movements that they yeah. make, the things that they pull off. That I would watch, and I go, okay, they're gonna go this way, and they don't. They do something completely different. That I'm, oh. Shit, they didn't do exactly what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, th- th- these kind of matches are interesting to me because, like, I watch some of the other ones, like the bigger guys, and I'm like, oh, I could do that if I just, you know, I just got to train and, and gain, like, you know, I don't know, 60 pounds of muscle or something like that, and I could totally choke slam a dude, or I could take the fall or whatever, and then I watch matches like this, and it's like, nah, I can't do that shit. Like, yeah. Paul London. Paul yeah. London was his Paul tag London, partner. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so this, anyway, this was a cool match. Yeah, we had Kendrick... Uh, going over clean, actually. Yeah, surprisingly, yep. yeah. Yeah, um, over I, TJ. The way that went down, I don't know how they're gonna play into the. Uh, he gave it to him. I don't know if they will because it looked like it was fairly legit. It, it did because he tapped out in the middle of the ring, and yeah. Kendrick wasn't giving him an inch at all towards the rope. So no, he had him in the bully choke twice. I, I or, think, I'm sorry, the captain's. Hook. I think. <laughs> I think that Perkins, if they wanted to go that direction, they could. They could say like. Perkins could say, "Oh, I didn't have to tap. I only tapped. I gave it to you." Um, but uh, that, that would be makes... more if they were trying to turn Perkins. Heel. That's what I'm saying. So. They would have to be trying to turn Perkins, or at least make Perkins look like a little bitch. And I don't think they're going to do that. So, no. I think when it comes down to it, you know, th- th- this is just going to be a clean win for for Kendrick. So. I feel like the division is too new, and Perkins is too new to be able to do a heel turn right now. They need they need a baby face right now. And yeah, right... I don't think it makes sense to turn Perkins and for the anyway, cruiserweight cause... division. They are the two people yeah. that and, and are he is your riding. classic Boom. white meat baby face. It, exactly. I mean, so... as much as a Filipino guy can be a white meat baby face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's half Filipino, but, I think. Yeah, I don't think you turn T.J. Perkins heel at all. I think it's going to stay the way it is, and he's going to say, "Hey." You beat me fair and square. I want my rematch clause because we all know everybody has one of those now. Oh yeah, it's not. Yeah. Even, it's not even. They don't even address it. Oh, he had a clause on his contract. And everybody just gets a rematch. Who knows? T.J. Now. Perkins <laughs> will probably get the rematch and win instantly. And be I hope like, not. I'm, I'm back I hope Kendrick carries it for a while. I want Kendrick to carry it. Cause... And you know what? Honestly, in the rematch, he doesn't have to go over clean. No, I want him. He to... is a heel. I like, want him to him be, be dirty as possible. I they want him actually... to be Ric Flair. 
nature boy four not horsemen even that 30. calculated let him no. do the desperate heal they that's what i was even just gonna that. say they could keep with the desperate storyline they like, could keep going with him like i need this so bad that you know he 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 goes to underhanded methods to like, keep the title tj perkins could come to do like a stinger splash in the corner and fucking kendrick could pull a woman in front of him you know what i mean like yeah. let him be that desperate of a heel like grab the ref you know throw yep. the ref in there you can do that and then later on if he's holding it long enough he could become through through time that calculated four horsemen rick flair exactly. triple h like heel i think that would be great i don't know if he's ever gonna have the legacy that those guys are but oh he, god no he's, he's you know 40 now but those are the things that i i think with heels that's what i think yeah. of is yeah. those top heels that are just like of all you time. look at rick flair by like the mid 90s and that guy Gold. could sell the entire oh my match god. And then gouge somebody in the eye and put him in the figure four and get the win. Like, he didn't have to do anything offensive the entire match. No. Mm-hmm. So. He just sold and he played the game. Yeah. All right. Our next match is the tag match. That's a Cesaro and Sheamus versus uh, the New Day. So this is the second one that we called mostly wrong. We are mostly wrong on this one. Yeah. Uh, we had the New Day going over Cesaro and Sheamus. However, Cesaro and Sheamus did win this match, but it was via DQ um, but there's controversy. There is controversy because Sheamus on the outside. The DQ resulted. The because, DQ uh, resulted Kofi of shame of attack Sheamus on the outside yes. of the ring. But uh, um, Xavier Woods was tapping, tapping to out Cesaro. at the same time. But the ref caught the interference the of the yeah. DQ by uh, Kofi. We skipped to the end because most of this match was relatively forgettable. But Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is going to make for interesting TV tomorrow night as far as the, the, the controversial finish. All in all, the ending of it was surprising, and I really enjoyed the ending of it. The overall match, I could give a fuck less. We kind of – see, these guys don't even watch the show weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. And I they're I did. just as tired of the Cesaro versus Sheamus bickering while they're trying to be a tag team as I am. And they've never actually even seen it on TV. I'm just going to tell you, I've seen <laughs> yeah. what I've seen them wrestle one time together at the uh, the last Raw pay-per-view. And I was just I was bored. Yeah. Yeah. Because people didn't care. Nobody's no. invested in it. It just doesn't matter. So. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Cesaro and Sheamus did go over the New Day. However, it was by DQ, so the New Day retains the titles, and they'll do so until they beat Demolition's record. And probably not too far after that, because I think um, either if they don't almost outright hand the titles to Cesaro and Sheamus, because I think that's the direction they're trying to go with I them, hope not. Um, it'll go to the club. I think you're probably right. I'd actually kind of rather see it on the club. Though. I would love to see it on the club. I would, those guys I would are love badass. to. See, I would love to see it on the club, but I think they're going to pull a Booker T and Goldust and go with Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah, you put the tag. You're probably titles. not wrong. I'm. How does Goldust get tagged with guys like that? Like he's tagged with. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Our truth right now. Okay, and that's just <laughs> weird. I love Gold. Goldust is one of those characters that you could throw in with anybody. Dustin Runnels. Is and one of the best workers it in the will business. Fucking we are work. talking Goldust as in Goldust has been around a really long time, right? <laughs> as in like elder son of Dusty Rhodes, yes. <sighs> okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. That so guy. and he you when they 
when it was the WCW invasion thing, I think is when they started the Booker T and Gold this thing, even shortly after that, I believe. Yeah, I don't think it's I was been, there for that. It's been years since I've watched it, but I think it was around that time period. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, because you've watched it more recently than I have. Um, But their chemistry of just Booker T being this guy that's like straightforward from the hood, like this is how I am, then Goldus is this weird kind of character and yeah. Booker T's like kind of like what the fuck am I doing with this guy mm-hmm. you know what's weird it just worked it's it weird clicked. to me that Dustin had to go with that gimmick to really get over um, because when he was wrestling as Dustin Reynolds Dustin Rhodes or Dustin Reynolds I don't remember I think it was WCW, Dustin Reynolds I think um, it was Dustin Reynolds he was good like he's a good worker he was good but I think it was the name could be I think it was the name the persona was I just i just beat uh larry zabisco and arn anderson in a tag match uh on wwe 2k16 <laughs> <laughs> in the showcase uh, all right so, anyway shall we get to the meat and potatoes uh yeah let's oh let's because God. this this was the thing um we had heard a few weeks back that um the women's title match was going to take place in a hell in a cell and that this was actually going to main event the evening and man, they didn't disappoint. Like no. they, they actually went through with it. Uh, kudos to WWE for taking the the leap and and making that happen. I'm glad that they did. It was about time, and, and I've been super excited. Before and- before we really get into the match, I just want to say um, big big kudos to both Charlotte and Sasha because uh, they were given the ball and they fucking ran. They with took it. it. They like, took it, it home. Yeah, it was. This was the match of the night. Um, the rest of the pay-per-view may or may not have been engineered to get them to this point, but I don't think it would have mattered. I think I think those guys could have done whatever they wanted to do in the in the previous Hell in a Cell matches. This match still would have been special. It would have been special given the circumstances of, yeah, it's the first time a female match has ever headlined a pay-per-view, and it's the first time they've ever been in a Hell in a Cell. That alone is a feat, just being a women's championship headlining a pay-per-view that's never happened yeah i really do wish that they would have um you know i i i I don't know if they did this so guys i haven't watched hell in the cell or wrestling for a long time so tell me is it normal that we have three different uh hell in a cell matches in the hell in the cell pay-per-view no no it's normally a single main event two two two. usually two two. okay three is overkill three is overkill honestly uh two is overkill i think unless there's some very very uh, special circumstances around it so i concur there's a couple of things that i think that they kind of screwed up with this event and number one is they should have just let the women be the singular hell in a cell main event uh, like I said before, uh, it really wouldn't have taken away from the other two matches because the other two matches, obviously, they I don't know if it was instructed and in, mm. instructed engineered or whatever, but the the hell in the cell like was not really a big factor in the matches themselves. Roman with the Rusev exception of didn't the, have to be hell in a cell. No, yeah, it didn't. It, Owens Rollins did just based on the way that they had Jericho interfere. But because there's a million ways door had to come open for that to happen. There's a million ways that they could have told the same story they could without have doing it in made a hell it cell. An ex- uh, hardcore match. They could have made it a false count anywhere, and they could have took it in the back. And Jericho could have came across, and boom. They could I mean, have the, done it. Like so I said, many there's a million ways. ways. There's a million ways they could have came to the same conclusion because, really, in broad strokes, uh, it, it just is Jericho interferes to help Owen retain. So yeah, my I guess my point is 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 Roman Rusev. If it wasn't a Hell in a Cell, 
having two Hell in a Cells and being equally spaced out like they were wouldn't have bothered me. Yeah, no. I'll give you that. And, like, and it would have given uh, Owens and Rollins probably a little bit more leeway to get a little bit more physical with the cage. Yep. Yeah. Well, by the time that the females Hell in a Cell came on, I already forgot about Rusev and Roman. I it, totally forgot it about them. It didn't matter. It didn't they matter. brought the stairs into the ring, and that was the extent of it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And the chain. Yeah. yeah and the, the chain. Yeah. The, the chain was. But that's cool. about it. So the uh, women's match. Let's get back to that. Um, so we got Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. Uh, we opened the match by not opening the match. Actually, we As- were. Yeah, we were like ten minutes to eight before this match actually officially started because yeah. we spent the first ten minutes fighting and, I and remember, almost getting yeah, I remember, escorted out in an ambulance. I remember us talking about okay, they need to be outside of the cell. How are they going to do this? Well, we didn't even think about the match starting before even the match started. So, we, we should have because this is the first time that the cell wasn't already down by the time Exactly. The match... And as soon as I saw the cell stop, I was like, this is how they do it. Yeah. This is how they get outside the cell and they did it. And it was great. I wish they would have gotten on top of the cell. It looked like they were going to for a minute. I, I really wanted, thought. I really wanted them to. And the fact that they used the announce table surprised me. I didn't know I'm not how far that they, that they were going to go. I've not seen that in a straight-up women's title match. I've never seen a, no. a chick get powerbombed no, through a, a, you an announce table. So and that's They took the women's division to a whole new level of echelon where China was trying to push it to for years, it, and it just couldn't break through. And now you have women in main eventing Hell in a Cell. It's going to make it tough in the future because I don't – like Sasha and Charlotte – have done something that I like I have a hard time seeing some of the other women competitors in Dana Brooke after she's got some more matches under her belt I can see her being in a match that's that physical yeah maybe Becky Lynch from Smackdown I can see being in a match that physical but the rest of the the women's roster is really gonna have to step up at this point I could see Bailey doing it at some point Bailey's give so her give her like, we'll give her like three months uh, Give her three months. It's not a matter of time with her. It's a matter of her character. And the character that she's portraying right now isn't going to thrive in Hell in a Cell. Like, that's that's what oh, I mean. No. Like, people are going to have to make adjustments in order to, to live up to what these women did tonight. And see, I feel like Bailey's character could go that route. Say you have somebody like a Charlotte going against her. Bailey's one of the few women that I can see on the roster right now actually doing a heel turn and being really successful about it like mm-hmm. six months down the road. Not right away. It's going to have to be six months yeah. to a year down the road. It would be a developing nobody thing. nobody would see it coming. No, exactly. Cause and it, she uh, hasn't been playing the the um, the quintessential babyface character so long like John Cena has. Like If John Cena went heel right now, nobody, nobody would buy would it. Nobody would buy it, no. But, but Bailey, I could see that happening with. So... I don't know. It's all I know is to your point. They've set a bar. They did. They set a standard that might not be passed for a while. Well, let's let's talk. There were some solid highlights. So first off, one of the things that I definitely wanted to mention that you already brought up is the power bomb through the announce table. That was badass. Uh, even the way that they opened the match. So they, they actually gave a different feel to this match by having the cell descend. You know, like that's one of the things with the Hell in a Cell match. And typically the cell comes down and that's like part of the show is you get to watch the cell come down. That didn't happen with the other two matches of the night. So that was a big deal, I think, for this match too. Yeah. And then that being the contrivance for with which they got them outside of the cell 
battle and then did the whole thing with Sasha being injured. So she gets power bombed through the announce table and it looks like she's not going to be able to compete. They call the, you know, EMTs out or whatever and they have, they put her on a board and they're getting ready to take her out. And as the announcer is announcing that she's going to have to forfeit, uh, and, and see, this is another, you know, this, this actually bothered me a little bit because, we it was just sloppy. did this like last last so week sloppy. or something or the last event when Alexa Bliss couldn't compete. Was that right? Is it Alexa? Alexa Bliss could compete. It was uh, yeah. the last pay per view was when Becky Lynch couldn't. Yeah, compete. Becky Lynch couldn't compete, and they didn't call that a forfeit. They just let her off the hook, and it became a you know a grudge match or not even a grudge match, just like a time it was a, just match. a different match with yeah. a different chick. Yeah. Um. What? Becky Lynch was supposed to face Alexa Bliss, uh, at but the she last, was she was legit Mercy. like uh, sick. But or she something. was hospitalized and couldn't make the event. And so they so had they, somebody fill in. They put Naomi in a match with Alexa Bliss, and it was kind of a train wreck. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, and it was second to last of the night. That's what was bad about it. They didn't reorder anything because of it. No. Uh, they so they, they got to the um, they they got to that and and uh, that that part bothered me a little bit because you know like they need to at least stay consistent with their own rules. Like I understand that sometimes they're gonna have some story bullshit that screws things up, but like they need to kind of at least stay a little consistent with their own rules. But that was kind of an interesting way to you know make this match a little bit bigger of a deal. And I thought overall Sasha did a pretty good job of selling that back injury for the match. I mean, honestly, um, she did sell her it back's really been well. hurt before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's been one of those kind of things has been a nagging injury for her. And I, I think she's pretty well over it now, but just the fact that she was able to just sell the entire match. was yes. Yeah. The only thing that bothered me is they maybe went a little too hardcore with that too early on because, um, you know, like they she immediately... kind of went from being immobilized on a stretcher to all of a sudden beating the shit yeah. out of Charlotte it was a... about fifteen seconds, and then like it was four seconds later, drastic. she got monkey flipped or whatever into basically on her head. Like they showed the replay of that, and she legit basically got dropped on her head. Um, and, Not and... the first time Charlotte's done that to her. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. No. Yeah, and uh, the match continued just fine. So um, they oversold that just a little bit, I think, uh, uh, compared to how the rest of the match went, but. They, the girls both did just a, an amazing job. I thought they they both were um you know they, in top form for the most they part. They worked their asses off, like to the point where Sasha's was mostly hanging out of her trunks. Yeah, yeah. for the yeah. last half of the match. Yeah, <laughs> audience is getting bored. Well, stretch those cheeks out. Um, it no. was all in all from all the Hell in a Cell matches that I've seen, and the two matches before that that were Hell in a Cells. This was of the night what felt like a hell in a cell and we were Matt and I and all of us were talking usually back in the day when we started watching wrestling there would be some kind of color yep that's uh, and they, they I get was, a bleed for those of you playing the home game I was hoping that they would but it was highly unlikely that they would and they didn't yeah they kind of avoid that nowadays it, it, see that's the thing is I, I didn't think for a minute that they would have a gig and actually like I was hoping get color on purpose, but it wouldn't necessarily have been a bad thing if one of them maybe like tore their skin a little bit on the cage and there was yeah. some color to the match. It would it would have added to the gravitas of what a Hell in a Cell match is, especially it being the first time women have ever been in a Hell in a Cell. Yeah. That being said, though, I don't think that this match lost anything because there wasn't blood. I no. think this was still. I, and it I'm going to say, a hell in a cell. out of the Hell in a Cell matches that I've seen, it's probably in the top ten. 
Yeah, the only the only thing um I guess to finish off, the only thing that really I think was a little disappointing about the match was the finish. And I think that's purely like prop failure. I still have to um, think about that, the top 10. Uh it, so the finish of the match was essentially um Charlotte gains control. So uh, no, sorry, let's go back a little bit. Sasha sets up a table in, in, on one of the turnbuckles in, in kind of a weird manner. I didn't know what the hell she was planning with that, which is one of the reasons why Normally this is disappointing. Normally when they put them finish. in the corner like that, the the, the legs are folded in and they're more vertical in the corner yeah See, that's what i thought too like you she could put throw it on somebody like into the, the second turnbuckle so it was a like, little more flat and it didn't make sense and, and we we're like are were you down. gonna are you gonna put the the leg that's closest turnbuckle up because that's normally what you would do i honestly think this is probably where the mistake happened because i think that's probably what was supposed if to the happen. legs have been folded and it had been a little bit more vertical when she got tossed into it the first time it probably would have bo- it probably would have broken yeah and well, i think we only... probably wouldn't have just been throwing her into it i think we'd have probably gotten a suplex or something like that into the or into an the irish table. whip a, a good old-fashioned irish whip but instead charlotte had to literally like deadlift her and like throw her onto it and, and so it didn't even break and they did it twice but yeah. i also yeah. think that it being on the second rope it should have been on the top rope that's yeah. it was on the second rope they planned it. well that that's what i'm saying like the the problem essentially is just like a pure physics like sasha went at it kind of sideways so she basically just kind of slid onto the table and then the second time too uh charlotte tried to you know do the same thing a bit basically they were like oh mulligan and then they you know uh threw her onto the table again and it was the same problem like she went two two sideways just kind of slid onto the table a little bit and wasn't a, enough force to break and at that point they were like well we're done so um i, I can't remember just a suplex and and then we're, uh, you know, pinfall, Charlotte wins, the end. So that wasn't their first table fuck up that night. No, uh, they did the one on the outside did, that was They did one of... on the outside that I can't remember who hit the table. It was Charlotte. I, was it Charlotte? Yeah. Or, okay. It was Charlotte. And the table was supposed to It break. wasn't supposed to break right it away. It wasn't supposed she to was break supposed right to... away. And yeah. it, she was supposed to do a splash onto it. And the... The, the the table broke close, instead like early it just the leg just gave out and just completely fell off i wonder if that table was gimmicked i wonder if they had the tables reversed like the second table was supposed to be the gimmicked one that would break as soon as sasha hit it they that I, that's I possible know. but i don't know how you fuck that up because you just stack them like because if it was gimmicked if the second table was gimmicked then it would have broke on the lightest touch yeah, and instead the first one did. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, wondered if like that first the, one was like supposed to be on some, the, some roadies getting fired because he put the tables in the right. wrong order. Yeah, right. Uh, that's possible. That Honestly, possible. it would have it would have made it for a better match. I think if they would have finished it across the table like that. So I mean, um, I don't think the match suffered from the finish. I didn't. It didn't go down the way I thought it would. I, I really thought that Sasha bit, was gonna was gonna retain. Yeah, because she's we only did. been the champ for three four weeks. I still hate you for that. Swayed me over. Hey man, <laughs> I made a good case and you believed it. So yeah, you know, I tried to make a good case and you didn't believe it. I didn't because I was just like, she's only been the champ for a few weeks. Like, why? See like, that? Okay, that was that the thing sense. too. Why do they put this much like heat underneath Sasha if they're not gonna follow through with it at the pay per view? And they I, never I, have. I, that's I guess the, then, that's the disturbing. But part. then my rationality was okay. The title would still have just as much gravitas as if you had somebody that's held it for a majority. of of the time here's the thing here's the thing if her opponent wasn't charlotte flair sasha was going over oh for sure oh yeah that's what i was just gonna say being the legacy though like that's that's just it like she's the daughter of rick flair so in the first women's title match to headline a pay-per-view in the first hell in a cell match to feature women charlotte flair had to go over it makes sense now in in the afterthought but i really thought they were you know they were in boston which is sasha's hometown 
She's only been the champ a few weeks. Like See, what, what should have got us is like Charlotte is I think like she was thirteen and zero going into this pay per view, like for pay per view events. Uh, so we, we probably should have called it in favor of Charlotte and just adding to that, you know, the, the whole legacy dynasty part of things. I'm a big favor of playing the odds, though. See, the, <laughs> that, that's kind of the thing for me. You I, I kind of thought like, it, and again, I guess I just want to see the big guys go down because it's kind of the same thing with Lesnar too. Like Lesnar's just winning so much, it's like just you got to take him down a notch at some point. Uh, and Charlotte's kind of the same way. And so that's what I was thinking too. Like Sasha's only had the thing for a couple of weeks. She's only, um, or she's in her hometown. Uh, this is a good way to, uh, um, you know, give, put somebody else on equal footing. And yeah. then they decided not to do that. Yeah. Same, same reason, you know, like we heard a rumor that, um, I guess we're kind of done with Helen Helen Selfridge tonight, but we heard a rumor that uh, it's going to be well. We know it's going to be Goldberg versus Lesnar. Uh, we heard a rumor that it's going to be Lesnar over Goldberg in that match. It's not so much a rumor, but we know that Goldberg only signed for the one match. Like he's already come out and said this is his swan song. Yeah, so. yeah. And that's dis- and, and if I think if they don't have Lesnar go down in that match, it's going to be severely disappointing because, first off, Lesnar's – and maybe it's because I've missed the last 10, 15 years of wrestling, but Lesnar's not interesting to me at all. I'm going to say it's part of it, but here's my thing. Um, I think it would be great to have that as a blemish on Lesnar's record that he was never able to beat Goldberg. And I think that cements Goldberg's legacy as well. I just thought Same. of this, and the way they're tr- the way they've been treating Brock Lesnar lately is a lot like how Goldberg was treated in WCW, and where he was just fed. Where guys. he was just fucking fed dudes at yeah. one after what was his record like a hundred and something seventy and zero or something yeah. like that hundred and seventy and zero. And Lesnar comes in, and Lesnar right now is basically the Goldberg back thing. So if you have Goldberg come in with the guy with the record like that. And it's it just, just like, makes me want to see okay. Goldberg go over even more. Like Exactly. And that's the thing about both of those characters. Like The only reason I think it's even a little bit interesting to do that is if you're setting up like the Russian dude in Rocky IV or whatever. Like, he's I only there. you. He's only there. Yeah. You. Dolph Lundgren is only there to be the guy to lose to. Like, to be the guy that's going to, that you are an obvious underdog against. And so that's the thing with Lesnar. Like, there's, they've been setting him up for so fucking long. Who are they going to fucking lose? Have him lose to, or, or are they going to have him go out? You know, with a, a perfect record. In which case, what was the point? Like he's not yeah. interesting enough in his own right. Like, or at least from my point of view, being a fairly new watcher, there's nothing part of the interesting reason about he's him. Not as he's not a good talker. Like, and yeah, the thing part is, part of the reason when is you see him on the pay per views, you don't see Paul Heyman. No, because he, there's not a lot of promo time for the pay per views. But like, Paul Heyman makes Lesnar makes makes Lesnar Paul Heyman was great when CM even Punk more was like, with him even more like Dolph Lundgren <laughs> and like uh like just when you're watching Raw and like you can be in a different room and then all of a sudden you hear ladies and gentlemen my name is Paul Heyman and you just and picture the short little fat dude who used to run ECW that you hate and you're just yeah. like Oh, Your attention well, this is going to be caught. interesting. Like, yeah. And since you know his work on the mic, like he can grab your attention immediately. It might not be, hey, Paul Heyman, but he could say the next line after that, and you're hooked. Emmy, yeah, Emmy you're, was watching it today, in. my oldest daughter, and she was just like, why does Brock have to have this guy talk all the time? And I was like, well, number one, Brock's not a good talker. He only and knows then, four words, and those aren't any of them. <laughs> and, and most is not of them aren't appropriate person. for TV. But. Yeah. If like, you've ever seen him in any of the UFC pay-per-views, he hates the media. He hates yeah. being like he hates See, being but, in the public eye. But then, as 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 Heyman's talking during during the promo that he was that he was cutting, like 
I looked at my I looked at my kid and I'm like, see, you hate him, don't you? And she's like, yeah, kinda. And I was like, he's doing his job. Yeah, that's like, what, this is what makes Paul Heyman great because yep. he can do he can be that guy. But see, the fact that they hate him makes me love him. You turn yeah. Roman heel and you put him with Paul Heyman. Oh my god! Yeah, that could be gold. It very well could be, but it we'll could never know. Be gold. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll be right back with some Marvel news after a refill. We're going to talk a little bit of TNA real quick. Oh, we are? Just we just are. real quick. Fine, let's talk TNA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going off script, folks. We are. Buckle in. <laughs> yeah. I called an audible. Yeah. Uh, so there is uh, more news this week coming out regarding the sale or pending sale of TNA. Does oh, like um, Specifically, this has to do with the lawsuit that Billy Corgan has filed against Dixie Carter. Oh, uh-huh. shit. Um, wherein he claims that because he is technically the president of the company um even though he doesn't have a controlling interest he does have some right to speak on behalf of dixie carter's shares in the company Mm. and he was left completely out of any of the sale negotiations thus far he's now brought suit against tna he's Um, gonna lose he's not no he's probably not gonna lose at all i don't think he will lose I, I don't think that that matters. Like you, you don't have to. Um, like he's an investor, though, and the fact that they left an investor out of the sale that, negotiations that that could throw a wrinkle. Them. But like mm-hmm. being the president doesn't mean jack shit. Uh, it's ultimately up to the board. It is. And, it and is the, up to the, the board. Yeah. But the the thing is, is there's been emails uh, apparently that have been leaked uh, where Dixie basically just no, had, alludes on them to too. the fact that uh, Billy Corgan is nothing more than a loan shark, and that it was it was a loan. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Billy's mind, this was an investment, and he always had the intention of if the company were to go under, he would he would take it over, buy it, and yeah. and make something with it. Uh, so this is getting more interesting. The most interesting piece of news that I found out of all of this is that with everything going back and forth, the WWE's in now they're out, now they're in now possibly part of the library has been sold to some somebody else. I don't think any of that actually, um, or most of it was true. Uh, what we found out is that WWE was and is still the f- the front runner in any of the sales negotiations. So mm. there's still a possibility that we may see TNA programming on the network. See, I thought for sure you were going to say that, like the news broke that, like the lead singer of Candlebox has come back to you know put in his bid for the it's company. For you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's now the TNA news. Refill. Yep, Marvel. Marvel news. Uh, so the first piece of news we got for you this week is actually a bit of follow up from the last episode. We talked a little bit about how T.J. Miller was splitting, not T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. <laughs> uh, that's not right at all. Uh, Tim. Shit, Tim Miller. Yeah, uh, I, I was only like two letters off. Anyway, Tim Miller uh, was splitting from the Deadpool project because he was uh, having some creative differences with Ryan Reynolds. And on the show, we were kind of sympathetic towards Reynolds, saying, you know, like he's one of the big he's reasons. Not a this douche. Sh- like yeah. this isn't that kind of thing. No. Turns out basically correct yeah we're right we're gonna slap ourselves in the back a little bit for this one um as it turns out tim miller is really 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 used to directing uh big budget big effects type films and that's the direction he was trying to push deadpool ryan reynolds and um rhett reese and who's the other writer i don't remember i also don't remember anyway rhett reese and the other writer um sorry i apologize other writer uh and ryan reynolds were, were were still leaning toward a lower budget much more raunchy type of of comedy film which honestly it's what put asses in seats for deadpool one yeah no why would we stray from that 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, in this case, I think Reynolds is probably totally correct. Like, uh, they can do big budget and they can do flashy effects. And there are some things that would probably be cool. Like, I'm a little sad that we're probably not going to get to see any Deadpool Wolverine action uh, going on. But that's the type of shit that, like, if you had a budget, that's what I would use it for. Um, but yeah. even then, it's not really, like, the big effects, the big splashy, you know, like, explosions and Michael Bay shit. But, uh, you know, just basically having the money to afford Hugh Jackman. So, um yeah, I, I'm. I'm assuming this is all true because you know it's rumors. It's not like anybody's came out and given us a, a notarized statement or anything like that. But uh, we got a link in the show notes, so it kind of explains the situation. And assuming that's all true, like I'm totally Team Reynolds on this one. So, yeah. Um. In a, in addition to this, we also have a working title. Yep. Which, if my thing will work, Deadpool, the Deadpoolier, uh, two. There's also talks of in this movie Deadpool. They also have talks of a new director already. And oh yeah, let's see. We were talking about that in the, the earlier one. Like yeah. uh, T, uh, Tim Miller. Fuck, I was going to say TJ again. Tim Miller was one of the reasons that got, or one of the things that helped get Deadpool off the ground. But when it comes to it, there's lots of people who could direct a good Deadpool movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. the guy that they have Reynolds himself probably could step in and do it if necessary. I I think and I, I think know. he Has would. he directed anything? The front I don't runner, care. The front runner <laughs> for the film right now for directing is the guy that directed John Wick, the uh, the first John See, Wick. See, and film. that could work. Oh, uh, uh, that you could get, really you work. Guys, John Wick's yeah. dope. Yeah. It is dope. And he is right now the number one. If not, I'm pretty sure they're gonna cast they're gonna put him in the spot of the, yeah. the directing seat. And Having a Deadpool movie with the action that see, but that's John the type McCad of thing that I think it just, suits. I think it would be amazing. Also, Deadpoolier, um, as fun as that would be, is not the working title for this. No. Uh, the working title for this movie is Love Machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, they need to run with that. That's amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, make that happen, guys. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing about Deadpool. It it holds up. It really does. I, uh, I've rewatched it a couple times, and I really you, like. You've got HBO, right? Uh huh. So it's on HBO actually right now. And like, I was flipping through channels last night, and I was like, "What's on TV?" And I hardly ever check HBO, like because I just don't watch it that much. Nah, like no. anything Same. that's on HBO that I want to watch, I just on demand it. Yep. Um, because it's a series. Like, I'll fucking watch reruns of The Sopranos or whatever. But but like, I don't ever actually check what's on live TV. And last night, like the kids had just gotten off to bed, and like I was. Actually, it was before the kids got off to bed. I was bored. <laughs> and like I was like, oh, look, Deadpool's on this. And I was like, oh, let's watch it. And it was like the scene where he meets Miranda Baccarat's character. Nice. You know, and he's like, what would $275.38 get me? And she's like, about 45 minutes, whatever the fuck you want. And then they go play skee-ball. Like, yeah. I'm just like, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that movie so much. Um, Yeah. The, the just... I, and then he got pegged, you yeah. know, as, that's, as that's happens. the bonus. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, love machine that, that, that just, that screams to me that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. All right. So our next piece of news, uh, we've got a recut Logan trailer, which just sent shivers down my spine, dude. So we talked last week about the, the actual legitimate trailer for Logan. There's actually a red band trailer out too, that we didn't know of at the time. There's only so check that out maybe about to. four frames of added content, but they're pretty badass. The frames, sink so. is bloodier. Yeah, and during the during the scene where he's in the bathroom, like there's more blood in the sink yeah. than you see in the regular trailer. Plus, and there's a dude that gets some claws through his head, which is that's very very enticing because they've been really really PG on the violence that you can do with a yeah. Giant can you imagine X two fucking if it wasn't 
Oh my god. PG. That or PG-13. scene in the school or just where he goes off. Oh my yeah. goes berserker. That's the closest we've seen Logan to, to the being legit a berserker, berserker rage. rage. Yeah. And just going off killing oh man, it would have been violent. It would have yeah. been a mess. Yeah. I would have yeah. loved to see so, that. Anyway, we here at the show like to bring you as much entertainment as we possibly can, and we were able to track down a trailer um that somebody recut using all of the audio from the the first trailer, but it's it's the video has all been cut in from scenes from the original Fox animated series of X Men and then the second animated series too that I don't remember the name of. I think it's uh, Wolverine and the X Men. It is, yeah, yeah is. something like that. Which um, actually wasn't that bad. I watched the whole. No, series. it wasn't. It, it wasn't was terrible. Really I just am not familiar enough with it because the the old school X Men was my jam. That was like an after school thing when I was in high school. I, I was like, oh, re- fuck an X-Men cartoon because I'm in yeah. high school and I still watch cartoons. Fuck off, people. No, I remember I remember yeah. like even grown-ups at that time were watching the X-Men cartoons. Um, yeah. Because oh, they're they they're just good. They're just yeah. good. Yeah. And it is fucking brilliant. Yeah, I really liked this recut trailer and it gave me a, a, a gigantic nostalgia boner. So if it, you in, too enjoyed the X-Men from the 90s, like go watch it. But it, you'll, you'll be surprised, I think, about how good it is. It was done well enough this trailer that my wife was like, so then this storyline from this movie has got to be, it it has to have been pulled from like a story that's been told already. Right. And I'm like, Nope. Nope. In (laughs) fact, you can kind of see that if you're a little familiar, you'll see that those scenes are cut from all over the place. They are. They are. But uh, definitely a labor of love for whoever made this. Yeah. They, whoever did this Hollywood, give them a job. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're, they're certainly a solid editor at least. Yeah. yeah, like he's way better at doing what he did than we are at podcasting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's I a that's low bar, Hol- but I think, yeah, that's <laughs> why Hollywood hasn't cast us yet for anything. But uh, anyway, one of these days our ship's gonna come in. They're gonna be like, "Hey, uh, aliens just came down from the sky, and they need two dudes to, you know, well, three in this case to bullshit about, uh, I don't know, random pop culture stuff." Yeah, eh, we're I'm, on I'm it. There, learn this in a day, guys. Do they also need us to be kind of drunk during the whole thing? Yeah, okay, done. I'll Got do it, it. kind of drunk. I'll do it mostly drunk. I've never done it sober, so I can't speak to that. But, yeah. you know. I've done it sober. It's all not the as stages fun. in between yeah. I, can, I can commit to. Um, all right, let's talk some toys. Always, yes. So this isn't in the I show. Mean, I, like because I, just found out, whatever. I just found out about this today. <laughs> um, but speaking of toys, this has nothing to do with Marvel. Okay. But I'm going to throw it in there anyway. Yeah. Uh, McFarlane Toys has announced that they are releasing a replica, like, life-size Negan bat that will be for sale in November. Price on that? $29.99. I'm going to pre-order one that's not, next week. That's, that's not a bad price. That's price that for is. a bat, yeah. yeah. Yep. With the bob wire and all. Yep. So, there's that. Um, the link that I have in here, though, the reason it's in the Marvel section is because Funko, and everybody pops. knows I love Funko, because, you know. They're all over the place in here. <laughs> Is releasing a line of Funko Pops that are based on the uh, 90s style X-Men, such as portrayed in the cartoon Cartoon. and whatnot. Uh, Although we're getting Mohawk Storm and not the White Suit Storm. But we are getting Mm -hmm. the 90s style Archangel. We're getting Psylocke, complete with Unitard Upper Crack. Just like in the movie, folks. Uh, We're getting uh, Sabretooth with the weird funky headband thing that he always seemed to have worn. Except for in the movies when he didn't at all. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so we're doing Funko Pops, and then there's a couple other things, too, that they do. There's um, so there's the Dorbs, which are smaller versions of Funko Pops, and then there's the Mystery Minis, which are even smaller. 
the great thing about F- Funko Pop toys is if, like, we have our maximum overdrive moment and these toys all come to life and try to kill us, it'll be adorable the whole time we die. Because they've got big round eyes and some of them actually have bobbleheads, so they'll be coming at us with little weird bobbling <laughs> yeah. heads. Wolverine's a legit bobblehead, and that was scary as fuck. Like, if he comes <laughs> that would be alive, terrifying. Like... That'd be terrifying. Razor sharp claws on a bobblehead. I am one of those people that doesn't own a pop, and I've never really. I look at them like the trolls or the teeny beanie babies for me. Dude. And those are way cooler than that. That Skywalker has no hand. That is the just got his hand cut the fuck off and at the end of Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Bob, all right? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And that right there next to him, Opie Winston from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I, I just never I never caught on to the craze. I just, I don't know. I just buy the ones I think are cool. Like, behind you, there's a Star-Lord one up there. I got that on Amazon because when I purchased something else, it was like only $5 to add it on versus it would have been like, you know, 10 bucks or whatever to buy by itself. But like, it, it was like 5 bucks for a fucking Star-Lord Funko, so. You're like, yeah, Star-Lord can go on my shelf. Yeah. All right. Let's talk comics. We got a little bit of comics to talk about. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, we did definitely commit to talking about the Flash. Um, so both of us have caught up on the Flash. Uh, that this is following the Godspeed story arc and how Barry deals with the speedsters and whatever. Did you actually finish the Godspeed story arc? I did. What'd you think? I really liked it. Uh, actually, I had one of those weeks where I'm like, why don't I do this more often? Because I read a bunch of comics this week. Didn't actually see the reveal on that one coming. Like I didn't actually see it as being like his his lab partner or whatnot mm-hmm. in the reveal for that so that was that was pretty solid like i anytime a comic book that i'm really into can actually pull something like that out of its ass and have me going like you know what that makes sense yeah that in retrospect it totally makes sense and then you can see it coming but uh they they set it up pretty well i thought yeah. so I, I definitely did not like when they when they pulled that one out i was like what the hell yeah, and then you know kept re- reading, and it, it 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 was pretty good. So yeah, the most recent issue though is actually the one that I have uh, specifically in the notes, not necessarily the issue itself, but just the tease at the end of it. And this was actually such a brilliant fucking issue. The cover was a, a you know we we talked about the um, the Flash TV show doing the um, Flash of both worlds. Yeah, and when they they actually showed it on screen, and, and they did a brilliant <laughs> job of it. The cover of Flash number nine is that exact cover, only it's Barry that's in trouble. And then you see both Wallys racing to save him, and it's it's fucking brilliant, like the way they did the cover. I, I, I'm glad you said that because I really love that cover. And actually, it was very reminiscent of the Flash TV show because of the tease at the end. So yeah. uh, the tease at the end, uh, we'll spoil it for you uh, here now, was the, the Jake Eric helmet. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. There is an ongoing series that DC is publishing right now called Earth 2, which actually has Jay Garrick in it, as well as Alan Scott and a bunch of the original JSA and whatnot. I don't think that that's where they're going with this. I think this is... Um, I, I'm i going to say the Earth 2 comic book is probably not long for this world at this point with Rebirth and everything like that. I'm, I'm going to say that this is probably going to be the Jay Garrick that we all know and love from the past. He's probably trapped in the Speed Force, uh, similar to the way Wally... Mm-hmm. Uh, Prime was. I'm going to call him Wally Prime because he's he's the Wally that I grew up. He knowing. is he is Wally so. Prime. He, he was the first Wally. Yeah, it's fair. Um, so I'm I'm super excited to see where the Flash is going. I really love the interaction between Wally and Wally. Yeah, I thought that was brilliantly done. Um, and uh, yeah, 
I, I just I like my speedster comics right now. I'm happy with the fact that I'm actually collecting the physical books for uh The Flash and I'm super happy with uh getting to see Wally represented as he always should have been. I like the new Wally too, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with, with new um No, I think actually they're doing a cousin Wally or whatever he is. I think they're doing a pretty good job of fitting uh the new Wally West in, in Wall yeah. Wally beta, so to speak. Uh um <laughs> Is it prime? Yeah, prime beta. Whatever, alpha beta would be better. But uh, I think they're doing a good job of fitting those two to get together. And I, I really actually enjoyed the scenes with them. In I, I think it's the last issue I read uh, where Wally talks to Wally. Uh, of course, uh, uh, second Wally doesn't know that he's who he's talking to. Really, no, um, he doesn't so, know that the other Wally is Wally. Yeah, and he doesn't. He definitely doesn't know that Barry is the Flash yet. So that it, right. it adds a whole dimension that's kind of interesting. So I like how they're doing that overall. Like I, I like that they've managed to do a good job of um, fitting together the past with the stuff that they did in the New Fifty Two um, fairly well. Yeah, except I, for Superman, where they're just like, "Well, we'll fucking kill everybody, and then you can just take over their lives." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of did that with Superman, didn't they? They did that with Superman. Are you caught up? Okay, so that's with Superman, and now they're doing that with Lois, too. They're in a DC book I haven't read at this point. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm a little bit further behind. And the other one I wanted to bring up on the show uh, that's not in the notes at all is uh, Green- Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. I caught up on that one. Dude, I really enjoyed Hal, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. So uh, we're still going against Sinestro, who's been restored to full health. Uh, Probably by, more than. Yeah, more than by yeah, eating the Parallax Entity or whatever. Uh, something along those lines. Parallax gives him powers, whatever. Uh, he's created the Fear Engine, and he's now ruling the galaxy through fear. Green Lantern Corps is coming back, and they're ready to kick ass. And Hal Jordan has gone full willpower, um, which is yep. also pretty rad. So that that has a pretty solid payoff, I think, at the end of this arc. And I can't wait to see where we go from here. You know, at first I was like, fuck, they're doing it again. And then I was like, well, this book is actually called Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. So he's, he's not gone for long. No, I, I, I don't think he's gone at all, actually, no. at this point. Like, I think that he's never rest- let himself do this. So I'm. it's going to be one of those things where he's like, this is it. I'm sacrificing myself. And then he's going to do it. And he's like, no, nah, here I am. No, he just went I'm, super I'm Saiyan. I'm not dead. Yeah. I'm just, you know. Badass. Like, he's going to open his eyes, and he's just going to be surrounded by rubble or something like yeah. that, and the rest of the core is going to fly in. He's going to be over 9,000. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over 9,000, for sure. He did, He did actually, this issue went way over 9,000. He so. did. He did. There, there was actually, <laughs> you joke, but there was that, that scene where they're talking about Sinestro's ring, you know, powered 200%. Like, I was just reading it with that typical soothing computer voice. Power level, 400% power level 1000% and I was like oh 1000% shit's gonna go down now and then that's of course when the fight started yeah that was like the issue before last I think yeah but yeah that was that was pretty crazy because then all of a sudden it's like power levels draining and he was like what and it's because guy gardner totally mind fucked everybody yeah <laughs> that's the other thing too like i have no familiarity with guy gardner at all uh so this was a fun little character introduction to gardner i thought th- th- for this early you, run of rebirth you can't break guy gardner i don't no. know your wife watches supernatural um he do- she does yes and uh this season is kind of interesting because at the very end of last season sam gets kidnapped by this chick um, who, for all intents and purposes, does the same job that Sam and Dean do, uh-huh. only in London for the UK and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, and she's torturing him. So she's girl Constantine? Yeah, kind of. She's trying to torture him and whatnot. And he's just like, 
I've been tortured by the devil himself. Like, there's nothing you can do that's going to hurt me right now. I, I actually really loved that. Uh, the, the the biggest thing I think that I learned from Guy, about Guy Gardner was the line that Stuart says something along the lines of, like, uh, Guy Gardner has, like, infinite fa- fountains of, of loyalty and of just pure stubbornness. So yeah, they're not going to break him. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. And, and they didn't. Like, no question, which was amazing to me because uh, Sinestro has... Amazing amounts of power at this point, yeah. and and Gardner is completely at their mercy, so that they were just like, nah, it's not even like they weren't worried. So, um, anyway. there's a reason the green the, the green ring chose guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, pretty awesome. It was a good introduction to me for uh, for Guy Gardner, which is also pretty fun. And we, I think we get to see something pretty unique. I don't think this is a power we've seen from uh, a Green Lantern before uh, right now with Hal Jordan. So. No, because he pretty much kind of is willpower. Yeah, I kind of get the feeling he's like a green parallax sort of like embodiment. Well, of a... an ion would be the equivalent to parallax, um, and it usually takes the form of a giant green whale. However, awesome. Um, ion is, as far as we know, trapped in the wall that separates universes. Um, which now was that's... done by Kyle Rayner, and he did so to restore balance to the universe so that it wouldn't implode upon itself. That's actually pretty really interesting because we've got a lot of universe bendy shenanigans that's going on. So yeah. that could be maybe we're getting some sort of tie in with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, who knows? Uh, you read Saga, right? I did not read Saga. You fucking fuck. I know, I know. I hear that a lot, actually. I'm going to pull a line out of Negan's book and just say, you fucking fuck. So the thing is, with Saga, uh, I was going to read it, but somebody didn't get it up on time, and then I forgot about it. I put it up yesterday. I know, and I forgot about it. You could have read it on break. I could have, but I forgot. I read it. It happened. I forgot. I'm saying. We're going to move on now. Uh. (laughs) 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 To sum up that conversation, yeah. Uh, So next piece of news is, it doesn't really fit anywhere, but I threw it in here, because I think we're both kind of quasi-fans of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reboot. I'm not a huge fan, and we're talking about the movies here. So yeah, there's the been out, two. Of, out of the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Out of the Shadows was the last one. Um, I watched Out of the Shadows, and I did actually like it quite a bit better than I liked the first one, which is not really saying a whole lot. Like I'd give this one like maybe four out of ten instead of like the two out of ten that um, I would have given the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, but it was watchable. Let um, me tell least... you what I didn't like. Go for it. I didn't like Stephen Amell's dialogue in Out of the Shadows. Thank it, you. I'm glad great. I'm not the yeah. only one. I'm gonna be somebody. You'll see. Yeah, that was that was it, it what was, I took from it. I'm like, are you gonna fall down a well now? Your dog's gonna have to rescue you. Like, <laughs> it was come bad. On. It was bad. See, and that's what I didn't really like. And as the, Casey Jones, he wasn't. He bad. was. He wasn't bad. No, he was not bad. And the story, the co- the story was more cohesive to me than the original, than the first reboot. See, that's of the thing. The like series. the 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 downfall of the series for me is the writing. Like the writing is so all over the place. Um. I just they're not great movies anyway uh it, it turns out though that that's probably why we got this next piece of news which is uh the out of there the shadows won't be a third yeah the out of the shadows producer said yeah they were, we're probably not doing a third one like a third one's probably not gonna happen then again he's also a producer and you know what I know about the studio if the studio wants to make another one they'll find a different producer <laughs> yeah see the thing is is that, that it, it didn't sound to me like the the, the producer was saying I don't want to make a third one, and we're not going to. It sounded to me like, yeah, they're not going to pay us to make a third one because the last movie didn't do very well at the box office at all. Um, yeah, and it definitely wants to write the checks. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Um, but it could happen. Like, definitely Stranger Things will happen. Right? Do we know is how much? I think so. Do we know how much the uh, Out of the Shadows made in the box office? I mean, we could Google it if we wanted to, but um, it, it was disappointing, if I recall correctly. 
Um, and, and I think that was kind of along the lines of the article we posted here was basically saying, yeah, that d- doesn't surprise us too much because Out of the Shadows did not do well uh, um, at the box office. So, um, But, you know, I- I'm not really that bothered by this because uh, I didn't really like these movies too much. And maybe it's because I'm an old fart and the last time I remember really watching and enjoying Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was, you know, in the early 90s when they were, you know, plastic heads on, on dudes, you know, with uh, some amount of animatronic. Um but I like those movies better, um, and they feel like smaller movies to me, like they're more ground level or street level stuff. Whereas the, these movies are all like world galaxy level, um, which I, I don't really like. Well, Dom- see, I was domestically, glad... it only made eighty five or eighty two million, which, which is, is that's probably not good. probably that's not, good. not even its budget, or probably its barely budget was one hundred thirty five million. Yeah, there no. you go. That's under budget. That, what does it make it worldwide or overseas? You know. It, Unless it does something startlingly amazing overseas, that's not enough Unless to make another one. Like Warcraft, like Warcraft was didn't hit hard here domestically, but overseas. But see, Warcraft is China another one where there's a, a sequel is very much up in the air because they, that's another one. I watched Warcraft and we talked about it on the show, and I wasn't a huge fan of that one either because it I, had its own share of problems. It did. It, it, it essentially worldwide. It it actually doubled foreign. So, so it worldwide, did. it did two hundred forty-five million. So it made money. It did make money at the end of the day. See, but, but we're also forgetting you, like, you're not you're not including merchandising and marketing though in all that. Yeah. So it probably broke even. Barely. That. Yeah. Yeah, they probably won't be making another one. I mean, if they break even or go under budget, then they're they're not going to make that, one. That's a property that should probably be killing it. Like that's a property that should yeah. be sort of like a Transformers level of. That's like, another Michael Bay thing, though, right? It, it, no, uh, he, he was a producer. He's a producer. Yeah. He's not a director. Well, see, but that's the thing that I felt like watching the movie was the Michael Bay. It's the movie. The movie was just too big for its britches. Like they they, and they made the turtles like, um, you know, the turtles are always kind of awesome, but they made the turtles like, you know, when they're going down the river and, and, you know, throwing Humvees at their shells and shit like that. And I was kind of like, this is, I really like the animated one that they did. uh, That was kind of a follow up to the three live action movies. I did like that one too. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. one was good. And Kevin Smith had a bit part in that. He was the he was the shorter cook in the restaurant. Nice. So there you go. All right. Um, I have a little bit more movie news, and we'll find a link to put it in before we actually post the show notes and whatnot. Um, we talked a little bit about the teenage no teenage. We talked a little bit about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers trailer that we've seen so far. I actually enjoyed that trailer. We did too. I um, thought it was really good. There is a uh, toy that is being marketed from this line that's not been released yet but it gives us our first glimpse at an actual zord oh uh the t-rex zord from the red ranger is what we see and uh, i'm gonna put a link in here that's as soon as i figure out how to get it from facebook into here um it's Mm -hmm. actually the nerdist news and it's jessica jobot from the nerdist news talking about it Uh, one of the things she mentions is that it actually resembles more like a jurassic park type t-rex where it's kind of more like horizontal and not like a vertical thing with vertical. little stubby arms and whatnot. Um, That's probably for the it best. It moves more so like a it's like more a Jurassic like a bird Park of prey. Well, no, it, it's more like a, a more authentic T Rex. <laughs> it's not a dude in a suit, is what you're saying to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So cool. Anyway, that's cool news. Um, still excited about Power Rangers. Really want to see Power Rangers. Actually, I'm glad that it's actually teenagers with attitude and not teenagers with supposed attitude that have good hearts. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of attitude do you have? Well, one time I didn't dot the I 
when I did a test. You know? Yeah, that's like the worst thing Kimberly ever did. Fuck the man in the yeah. in the TV series. Yeah. Or maybe she didn't show up to cheerleading practice. Like, like yeah. at, at worst, she flashed her tits to Tommy once. At worst, <laughs> yeah, worst. <laughs> that's at worst. I, I think if they would have done that, or there would have been an after, after school special about how you shouldn't show your body. I've heard a lot of people saying like the intro to like the uh, trailer was all similar to like the Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. like Power Rangers a little bit, Breakfast yeah. Club style. They, they, which is fine. If, if that totally great, yeah. If, and if it, one of them said like his dad burned him with cigarettes or something like that, I wouldn't be surprised. It's like even a mix a of uh, Breakfast Club and. Uh, What's that movie that all of a sudden Judd the guy Nelson that is the guy that directed yeah. the new Fantastic Four, Josh Trank? Yeah. Uh, what was the movie that Chronicle? he did? Chronicle. Yeah, yeah, it was like a mixture a of movie. like it was a mixture of Chronicle and Breakfast Club. That's actually the same comparison that Jessica Jobot made. So maybe you saw the same. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. All right, so let's talk some TV. Uh, we are just fresh off the heels of watching the most recent Walking Dead episode, and boy, after last week's episode, was it not nearly as fun. You know, it was refreshing, though. It yeah, was it was a good episode. I, I actually really we liked it. We didn't see any of the normal cast. All we, the, the, the closest to the regular cast that we saw was Morgan and Carol, which were a big question mark last week. So, um, I, I we, actually like this episode because it was kind of like a palate cleanser a little bit. Like, we, um, And surprisingly enough, it was directed by Nick Nicotero, and I didn't hate it. Yeah, there wasn't a whole bunch of bullshit jump cuts in yeah. places that didn't make any sense. There's no weird black and white flashbacks or whatnot. So. Yeah, so... Um, this essentially follows uh, after the end of the last season. We find that, um, that uh, fuck Morgan and Carol have been uh, taken to the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom is another group uh, similar to the hilltop, or the, you know, even the people of Al- Alexandria. Another group making it out on their own, and they've got a king actually. Uh, Ezekiel. So they, yeah, they've got Ezekiel. And for you comic book readers, uh, you're probably well familiar with this character. And I actually think they did a really good job of holding to that uh, um, from the book. Um, and of course, Ezekiel has his pet, um, a big CGI tiger yep, named Shiva, just like Life of Pi, um, except for not as good a CG. Uh, so um, the episode overall, I thought was. It's another weird, I don't know if I like this or hate this. It's another kind of pacing thing. Like, I fully expect that the next week we're going to be back to the Alexandrians, um, you know, Rick and the Rick I don't even know crew. if we're going to see the, the Alexandrians next week. No, it I think from we're... The previews, like, it's yeah. all going to be at the Survivor or the Savior's camp with uh, Daryl and shit. I oh, think, yeah, yeah, you're we're right. We're going to see right. what's going to happen, be happening with Daryl and the So we have saviors. three different story arcs going on right now that are at some point going to collide. Yeah, that's a good point. Um this is so anyway this episode though there was a lot more levity um like i loved when carol met ezekiel and she she what basically school girl yeah. oh yeah she just basically woke up and uh they take her in to meet king ezekiel and uh he's doing his like these and thousand bullshit and when there's a giant tiger there and yeah. she's like i don't know what's happening and she in the most was pretending like way. her panties were all wet yeah. yeah um that that was fun uh and secondarily like i love carol because she's gotten this thing down where she um you know, plays Susie Homemaker, um, or Holly Homemaker, depending on whether or not you get the rights to the the, the quote. Yeah. Um, she Apparently does that the thing. Talking Dead did not. Yeah, she does that thing really, really well. Like where she fakes being like this goody two shoes who's never fired again, and oh, I I can't possibly kill a walker. I'll break a nail. You know, yeah. like that. That's so fun. And then of course, you know, <clears throat> like the in reality, they're like. Um, we've got guns and they're like, uh, we have a Carol, you know, like, yeah, like she's the, she's the group's equivalent of the Hulk at this point. She's a little bit on the, 
batshit side these days, though, so you never actually know yeah. if she's going to do what she can do. So that's the part that I, I am uh, don't know if I love her. I, ho- I hope this is part of her arc, because I kind of want her to get back to some sort of happy medium where she's not, you know, like, murderous psychopath, like, she takes people out and burns them in the prison, but also, like... She is Carol, Captain Badass, you know, like um, that she has been in the last couple seasons. And I think one of the things that I'm interested about that is not even close to her comic book portrayal. Like, well, at this point in the storyline, her comic book portrayal is, you know, dead. Dead. Yeah. So. (laughs) But even when she was around, like she's a completely different character. Um, And comic book Carol was never strong. Like she maybe pretended a couple times, but like, yeah ultimately ended up letting herself be eaten by a walker that was chained up in the like to a fucking tetherball pole or something in the in the, yeah. in the prison grounds that's so sad uh that's just what she was um yeah solid episode this week though i thought i mean not not like there was nothing super huge that happened although we did get to meet the kingdom and ezekiel and and shiva and whatnot but um, i really enjoyed the scene the second meeting that Ezekiel had with Carol out in the garden where he said, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. And they sat down and had and just to was like real, a for a real second. talk yeah. of just like, Hey, this is why I am this way. These people need a leader. Look at this from my perspective. And she was like, well, what you're portraying is full of shit. These people are living in a fairy tale. And he's like, this is kind of what these people need. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I also like the scene uh, between Ezekiel and uh, Morgan and and the Saviors. I yeah. thought that was pretty important to the to, to progressing the story and whatnot. Because earlier in the episode, you see these pigs being herded in to eat walkers, and you're like, "Well, they can't eat them now. What are yeah. they doing with these pigs?" And then it turns out they're they're giving them to the Saviors because they're fucking tainted and shit and. Saviors are dick bags, so why wouldn't you give them tainted meat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like that scene because that's I think unique to the the show. I don't I don't think I've seen that in the comics. Um, the other thing I liked too, or something worthy of mention at least, is th- this is a little bit different from the comics because um, Ezekiel gives a similar speech to a different character in the book, um, and I think if I remember correctly, it's Michonne. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Michonne is actually sort of the vehicle um, that they go through um, the whole Ezekiel arc, and uh, in the in this one, it's Carol, and that's also interesting because in this last episode of The Walking Dead, where Negan you know goes all baseball happy, um, I guess you know it's the World Series. What what else are you gonna do? Um, he uh, offs a character that has been dead in the comics a while at that point, which was Abraham, and then of course you know he kills Glenn too. So it, it seemed to me like they were trying to catch up a little bit with where the comics were at this point. But Carol's, like I said, Carol's been long dead in the comics at this point, but she's st- still sticking around, and I think that's because she's a pretty interesting character, and they've got and, some arc to tell with her. So, And just not to be negative or anything, but for those of you who are like threatening to boycott the show because Glenn died and blah, 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 shut the fuck up. This is This is something that the comic book readers have had to deal with for the last four years now. Like, we get it. It's sad. But to us, it happened a long time ago, and we got and over it. Not only that, not only the comic he was dead a long time ago, but we've already had to come to a basis of Glenn dying once before in the show with the dumpster, which See, was intentionally done it, to fuck with the people that 
had See, already now, read here, the comics. Here's where I was going to go with that. So, number one, if you had a problem with the gore, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what show you think you're watching, but the show has gore. Um, the, the, that's basically straight out of the comics, so that didn't bother me. Yeah. I, I thought that they, that was brutal, and I didn't expect them to do it, but on the same token, I was kind of like, wow, I, I, I commend them for having the balls to do that. Uh, number two, if you're pissed off because one of your favorite characters died, again, I don't know what show you think you're watching, um, but characters die. That's essentially their purpose in this show. Pretty much everybody is fair game. I fully expect that at some point Rick will die. So just to give you an idea. That's the one wild card in it. I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't he will. I don't think he will die Because the comic soon. book series entirely like on Kirkman's own like word is this is the story of Rick and... So I think I think that that happens. I think that's the end. That that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I think that you, if you think that Rick is going to make it through and have a happy ending, y- y- you need to re-examine what show you're watching. Um, but if you're boycotting the show because of they've made some really dumb decisions, like you've heard me talk on the last episode, or if you haven't, go back and listen to the last episode. But this, the the way they've done this, is not all uh, uh, puppies and kittens for me either. Like they. Uh, was I was not really excited about the 20 minutes of bullshit filler. I was not excited about the way that they cut off the, the sort of uh, payoff from the end of the last season. Uh, the scene you're talking about, the dumpster scene, that shit was just ridiculous. Like, um, just no reason to do that other than, you know, like they're trying to hype a thing. Uh, and it's sort of a cheap storytelling tactic, which mm-hmm. I, I the Walking Dead tries to be better than, but when it comes down to it, it's not. So, um... I want them to do better than that, and I do think that there are plenty of valid reasons reasons to not watch the show. You know what? Maybe you just can't handle the gore. That's fine, too. But if you're saying, like, oh, God, they've gone too far this time, nah. The, the show has, has been gore from the, the get-go, so I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what you think you're watching, but, you know, that's always been a factor. And quit being a pussy. I know to a lot of people, the, uh, the pilot episode of season seven, a lot of people that I know of we're comparing it to like the red wedding of the that's walking dead. Like, it could just, have been, but they but, fucked it up. Like that's the, that's the thing where I think you have a valid complaint. They screwed that up. The, the red wedding is a much more devastating move in game of Thrones, uh, than it is in the walking dead. And since we don't really talk regularly about game of Thrones, we're not going to get into specifics. And since somebody hasn't fucking watched it yet, we're not going to get into specifics, but okay. it could be that <laughs> level. It could be that level of badassness for this show. But they decided to go the cheap route and tease it for fucking 15 episodes or something like that and then have a 20-minute intro instead of just doing it. So Yeah, that that's the part that pissed me off. It, just like, instead of it being their red wedding, they're like, oh, this is our red wedding. Let's let's milk this shit for all it's worth. 20 minutes of fucking expositional dialogue before we even find out who's dead. Yeah, so they fuck that up. Like, if you just don't like the show because they're fucking shit up like that, I, I don't blame you. Like, it, it is one of the low points of the series for me. Um but yeah anyway however as the article in the show notes will allude to the walking dead uh premiere last week though did spark one behavior in people that wasn't boycotting the show yar internet piracy (laughs) yeah i did it uh this is uh not a record not a record for the show, but uh, pretty high numbers. I think it was like 670,000 people at the time that the article was posted. Had, I'm surprised it's not a record show. because of how... No, yeah, they got 700,000 people um, the, s- the season six premiere did, and then Game of Thrones is the, the I think, the highest okay. probably. Game of Thrones, I could see. I was thinking like all around like Walking Dead 
numbers of piracy. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if I recall correctly, Game of Thrones was into the millions pretty easily. Um, In movies, lots of the big movies like easily dwarf that. But yeah, uh, The Walking Dead is definitely one of the highest. Especially when people wanted to know if Jon Snow was alive, like that one. Oh yeah, boom. Yeah, which you know he was, but spoilers. Yeah, you know Um, who's not Hodor. (laughs) Damn it! Hold the door. Oh, you got that one? That one actually had a little bit spoiled for me, too, because we're at a weird place with Game of Thrones. If you um, watch the show up until, say, season five-ish, and you you had read the books, just like we watch uh, Walking Dead and we read the comic books, we've been ahead of the game for a long time. With the Walking Dead, or uh, with Game of Thrones, actually, we're now ahead of the books in in the show. So yeah. some of the stuff is legit surprise at this point uh, for me. So there's actually quite a lot of this last season is legit surprise for all of us book readers, um, especially given that I just couldn't make myself finish uh, book five. So uh, pretty dry, huh? It, it, dry, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of a color for metaphor, but yeah, it, it's awful. Uh, uh. It's not awful. I, there are people that like it, but and there are people that like a feast for crows too. But a feast for crows, like I absolutely had to force myself through. And then drier I was getting, than a menopausal corpse. Yeah, th- mm. there you go. That's what I was going for okay. in a desert. <laughs> um, so there, there are people that really liked uh, book four as well, a feast for crows, and I. I just didn't. I had to slog through that one. And then when I was slogging the midway through book five, I was like, why am I still doing this myself? Like, I just, I don't care about this enough to keep doing this. Same so. reason you watched all of Arrow season four. I, I think so. <laughs> Except for it's a, it's probably, well, yeah. All right. So, um, one more piece of TV news before we really get into more TV talk in earnest. We, we needed to cover the walking dead because that literally just happened two hours ago for us. Yep. Um, three hours ago, I guess now. But and, and uh, it's still on my watch list. I'm still going to watch for the rest of the season. I'm sure, unless oh, something yeah, really yeah, yeah. goes stupid. So yeah. Um. So we've talked before about the new Star Trek series coming out in 2017, Star Trek Discovery. Yep. Uh, for those of you not in the know, it is a new series that's being produced by CBS. It will be uh, premiered on CBS for the first episode, and then after that, you have to sign up for the five dollar a month or five ninety nine a month uh, CBS on demand. <laughs> Which I'm really sad that they did for did that for because I do not think that it's going to be strong enough for most people to carry us. I mean, I'll probably do it, or I'll just wait for it to come out and download it. I don't know. I would wait to come out for because I mean, if that's the only thing that they're banking on for this thing to actually thrive and do something, it's not enough. I mean, I just think like Netflix is what like nine dollars. Yeah, and think about what you get with Netflix. Um, and the level of quality you get from Netflix's original programming. And we have the other Star Trek shows. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Just negotiate that a little bit. And then bit. second, second, like HBO. HBO is actually, I think, double. Like, you can buy that for 15 bucks or something like that. CBS can shoot it. And then it can, it can like, Netflix can brand it like a Netflix original series and whatnot. And they yeah. will pimp the shit out of that because that's what they do for anything that has the Netflix oh, original series. It's name. really funny because their recommendation algorithm is is pretty ridiculous. Like, it is so obviously biased. It's it's sad a little bit because, like, they'll be like, uh, so you just watched, um, you know, this cooking show. I bet you'd really love Marvel's Daredevil, you know? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I will, but how the fuck did you get that from a cooking you, you show? You watched a movie that was moderately funny? Here's a Netflix-produced Joe Rogan special. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's a little ridiculous. Um, um, but anyway, they've lost their showrunner. 
not lost. Um, the original showrunner was going to be Brian Fuller, and instead it's going to be split between two people whose names I don't remember. But it is in the article that we're posting. I'm a little bummed because this is Brian Fuller that did uh, Pushing Daisies yeah. and Dead Like Me. Yep. Yeah. But he's got his plate full, though. He's already doing a, a few other shows that he's doing showrunner duties for, so it's it would have been a little bit much. However, this is Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And if I'm him, maybe I'm canceling my gig with one of the other ones to do Star Trek. See, I don't know. It depends on what kind of ter- what kind of person you are. Because unless they're not um, expecting a big turnout, Brian Brian Fuller it seems to me no. like he's done some fairly creative things, like both Pushing Daisies and Dead Like Me. While they're fairly similar to each other in tone, they're radically different than a lot of what was on TV in, at the time, and so they're a good way to stretch some creative legs. And so you might feel a little pigeonholed by what you can do with Star Trek because there is kind of a formula. Like, yeah. you can't get too crazy off the rails. It's just an opportunity to break that mold, though. It, it, it could be, but I also think that, uh, especially with CBS, um, that you're not going to get nearly the creative opportunities that you will in, in, you know, say, other smaller networks. So, And I don't think CBS necessarily wants them to because the original Star Trek, which seems to be a giant cult favorite now, mm-hmm. was a CBS show. Yeah. So I, I just I could see why you would as a as a creative type person I could see why you'd say now that's not the one I want to do because it, as awesome as it is to be able to say things like you know I worked on that movie when it comes down to it like your creative influence over that is probably lessened than you know something you could do on like an original property or whatever so yeah mm-hmm. but I'm a little bummed too because Brian like hearing the name Brian Fuller attached to the project gave me a lot more faith because I know he can make good TV here's the thing it does but it doesn't yeah dead like me how long did that last. Uh, two seasons. Pushing Daisies? Also two seasons. So... Dead Like Me went off a little... Dead Like Me was actually really good until it got canceled, and so was Pushing Daisies. Like when... Pushing Daisies is one of those, though... Like, I have both seasons. Like, I, I own them because it's it's a great show, but it's a very niche show. Like, if... See, that's the thing. It's not a bad show. I didn't get canceled because, oh, man, the show sucks. It got yeah. canceled be- or because they fucked it up in some way. It got canceled because it just couldn't bring in the viewers. Yeah. And so it's sad because, like, I, I'm i totally in that niche. Like, I really, really enjoyed Pushing Daisies, and I really wish it would have gotten to continue. Um, you know, same thing like Firefly. Firefly didn't get canceled because it's a shitty show. And um, it's not no. even necessarily a niche show. That show was fucked from the beginning because they tried to air it during. Uh, oh yeah. Well, we don't have World to do the series. Firefly rant again. World we've Series this, for one we've was done on this a million times, and already. then they showed the episodes out of order. So it's like, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like uh, Brian Fuller, I know has made stuff, that and I, I will like. rant about Firefly if I want. All right. <laughs> it's worth ranting about. Yeah, no that, matter how that, many times you do it, that wound never closes. Um, anyway, until those fuckers are back on a weekly episodic TV show. The rants will continue. Dude, I don't care if we have to prop 90-year-old Nathan Fillion and, and you know, 85-year-old Nathan Miranda Fillion's Karn. willing to do it now. Like, he's just like... I know. You, you know? <laughs> Usually it's been that... The, uh, or one of the common refrains amongst the Firefly faithful has been uh, that we can't really get a new Firefly show now because everybody's working on other projects um, and Adam Baldwin's busy being a giant douche. Um, so, there that that's mostly true, but I think if, uh, you know, the... the it could happen. I'm just saying, if we had to wait until it was like 90, I'd still watch that shit. And for so. those of you listening at home, Adam Baldwin really is a giant douche. Yeah, follow him on uh, Twitter which, for like 10 minutes and see yeah. how many brain cells you yeah. lose before don't, you Don't meet your heroes, kids. Because yeah. Jane is not really like Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe he's a little too like Jane. Whatever. Um, 
So I'm a little bummed because Brian Fuller makes stuff that I know I like, and he's not going to be attached to Star Trek anymore, yeah. which is kind of sad because he. I, I was a lot more confident about the project until then. Um, and this one, I'm really interested in how they go because I'm not sure you can make um, the Star Trek that they were making, like a tra- like a Voyager or uh, what was the last one called? Fuck, uh, the one that only got four seasons because Enterprise. it wasn't very great. Uh, yeah, Enterprise. Enterprise. I'm not sure that modern audiences want shows like that. And so I honestly really liked Enterprise, especially not necessarily the Scott Bakula character, uh, Captain Archer. Yeah. But I really liked uh who was his uh fuck. Trip. Trip. Yeah. That dude, um, I first saw him watching uh Stargate Atlantis because he played Michael, the uh, Wraith turned human turned oh, back I know to who Wraith about. Yeah. Um he's really good. And he has that like Almost Matthew McConaughey like drawl. Yeah, I don't like him talks and whatnot. <laughs> That's you funny. Like Trip? No, I like Trip. So first off, I tried watching Enterprise and I just didn't. I could not bring myself to care enough to finish it. So I liked him. He brought like something that was really human to to the, a Star Trek show, which I thought in, it's it's probably entirely because I didn't give it enough of a chance. Telling the story that they were trying to st- to tell with like being the original crew of the first Enterprise ever or whatnot. Yeah, it. It needed that human element that I think he had that Bakula didn't because he'd been a sci-fi star before. Yeah. And uh, you didn't get that from T'Pol because she was just a hot Vulcan chick. Which, there's only so much you can do with that. Exactly. Um, and then the, the their their chief medical officer, also an alien. So, like, the the only real human you had was him and the, uh, the fucking engineer guy. Um, well, not the engineer guy, but the weapons guy. Don't even remember. Uh, who was English, I think. Mm. But, anyway, I, I enjoyed it. I haven't I didn't finish the series because it's one of those that I start watching and then I'm like, oh, there's real TV on. Yeah. That's, so. that, that's actually <laughs> the best summation. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's talk about our mainstays this week. Um, Supergirl. Which Bailey didn't watch. I did. I don't think he watched Supergirl, do you? I don't watch Supergirl. I am trying to pull myself through the first season. It's been a it's struggle. It's rough until you get about uh, two-thirds through. The last, Quite honestly, yeah. The it, last episode I watched was with the electric chick. Um, if this show makes it I to like season name. five or six. The, and one that, the, one, the one that wants to kill Cat. Yeah. Yeah, so it gets better after that episode. That's probably the the. I can't the remember the. I, I vil- remember the most. I can't remember the villain's name of that. Yeah, episode. Livewire. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I, I honestly think that if this show hangs around for a while, that you know we'll be six seasons out, and when people are like, "Are you going to watch it?" I'll, I'll probably say yes, but just don't watch season one. I would say watch the last third, because yeah. honestly, it's 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 not bad TV, especially when you're like, well, I watched Arrow this week. Let's talk about Supergirl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll skip Supergirl. We'll talk we about. We don't it. have to skip it because no, it's, no, you guys. Bailey doesn't care you guys about talk it. Talk about okay, it. I don't care. I'll, don't, by the time I get to it, I will probably have forgotten everything you guys. And said. honestly, this episode was not something that was uh, super pressing as far as the plot's concerned because mm-hmm. we had Monel, who they find out is from the planet Daxum, which I was really excited about because being a Green Lantern fan, I've been reading that comic for years, and Daxum is one of the planets that they talk about that is. They're descended from Kryptonians, and there isn't there there. Well, there was in the um, last incarnation of the Green Lantern Corps. There was a Daxamite who was who was a Green Lantern as well as being having like 
Kryptonian like powers. And See, I knew when I was watching that, I was like, this sounds important, but I don't know what it is. And yeah. I'm sure Matt's going to tell me. So perfect. No, I, I was super pleased with that. Um, Mon-El. I don't know why he's an L because that would have implied that he's descended from the house of L. I also so was a little concerned or curious. Didn't like about that. that part about that, no. about the episode. But um, honestly, I, I thought the story was overall uh, a decent story. I loved uh, Linda Carter. Is that who she was? Linda Carter? Yeah. Wonder Woman? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, that's who that was. As the president? Yeah, I was watching that Wait, the whole Linda time Carter going, she's so fa- she's so familiar. Yeah, she played the president, that's and awesome. she was signing an, uh, uh, an alien amnesty bill, basically making uh, alien from off-planet uh, citizens and whatnot. This is, an, this is a, I think, a little bit of a weak part, though, because they um, went from, like, the public doesn't know any of this shit last season to, like, this season, like, oh, yeah, I know we're signing a, a alien amnesty bill because Dude, they're we're, suddenly we're super integrated. three episodes away from the big crossover where none of the public is going to remember any of this anyway. That's a good point. That's why. I mean, why I guess we, we, don't need to, all up we don't need to pay attention to any yeah. of this. I well, have assumed. So... He fucks everything up right around now. Around... Flash episode eight, I think, is is when it starts, or possibly Supergirl episode seven. Uh, that week, all four episodes are are joined as one giant crossover. Yeah, okay. so, so the that thing could be cool. The, I'm actually super really excited cool. for having that massive of a crossover happen. You know that Supergirl was originally a CBS show. Yes, yes, and yes, it yes, move yes. it's moving to CW. So that's one of the reasons that they're doing that. Grant Gustin does actually do a guest spot on Supergirl yeah. for one episode. He did in season one, like towards the end of season one. Yeah. he had a guest spot. There was a parallel universes too. though. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to be after the big crossover. I think everything's going to be one cohesive everybody exists on the same plane we agree yeah i think that would be in their best interest Absolutely. I, i'm just super excited like um so we we talk a lot about comic crossover stories and but we've never really seen this level of that on tv at all we've seen arrow and flash crossover numerous times at this point it's kind of a, a tradition well a couple now. but uh but i'm i'm they super, do it at least we're, once per we're season. gonna have a four uh night you know, every night you get to see uh, yeah. for, for, uh, a no. crossover event of that. that level. I'm excited for. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. That's I'm not. never happened before. Like, there's not a le- there's not a TV level that's happened like that before. But uh, so, real quick, back to Supergirl. We had the, we had the Monel storyline. Really dug the Kara being super elated at being able to see Air Force One. Yeah, and then the the one liner that uh, that President Westerface had was, "You should see my other jet." Yeah, being that it's Wonder Woman, I was like, "That's badass" because she's making an offhand reference to an invisible jet. I was really pissed. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really pissed off now that I did not realize that that was Linda Carter because a it should have been an immediate recognition for me. Um, and 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 C or B rather, uh, I missed that joke. Well, I'll text Ashley and have her flog you. Yeah, fair. Yeah, so. I mean, we we're gonna do that anyway, but yeah, I'll just have her lay it in a little bit. You sad, sad man. Yeah. So, um. And so no, the I like this, especially given the alien versus human uh, kind of dynamic to it, which is uh, they explored that a little bit more than we've seen in the past with humans being disgruntled about aliens and whatnot. And also they brought in a total fucking Buffy the Vampire Slayer move and there is an alien bar. Yeah. Like, See, that's what I meant. Like when uh, all of a sudden aliens okay. are a thing that exists in this world. Uh, the big reveal, though, of this episode Megan. Yeah, we see we see John John's uh head into a um in full Martian gear like 
head into the alien bar at the end that we discover exists earlier in the episode. And the bartender's really put off by me. He's like, I can change to, to my human form if you want. She's like, no, it's just, it's the end of my shift. So-and-so will take care of you or whatnot. And then, like, you you watch him follow her out. And he's like, hey. And, like, all of a sudden, like, she turns around. And, and he's like, what's your deal? Why do you hate me? Or whatever. Like, you, that's not his exact words. He wasn't that emo. But, yeah. Uh, she Why can't we just be friends? Turns then... into a Martian. Like, she is the last daughter of Mars. Uh, which is fucking badass. I can only hope that she leads him down the wrong path for a while. I kind of hope so too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm impressed by that because again, like um, just I compare it back to arrow because Arrow's sort of the grandfather of all this stuff at this point. Uh, not really. It's, it's the father of this stuff. The grandfather would probably be Smallville, but uh, it's the father of all this stuff. And uh, they're just getting such cooler characters on all these other shows. Like uh, we get Megan, uh, uh, in in uh, Supergirl, and meanwhile on Arrow we get fucking Wild Dog. I don't care, whatever. Maybe. <laughs> um, let's see how long it takes Tyrese to take care of him. Yeah, hopefully soon. All right, so let's get back to the Flash. Or anything else on Supergirl? No, I think that's it. The big reveal was that there's another Martian on the planet, and yeah, it's so John's not alone anymore. Th- this show actually is probably this is actually really weird. This show for me is falling, I think, fourth out of the CW shows. Um, if I had to list them, it'd be The Flash on top by about a mile. Um, and then it would be probably Legends and Arrow and then Supergirl at the bottom. Uh, so, but uh, that that there's a couple of caveats there. Arrow's doing a lot better this season. Um, eh, minus episode two. I didn't yeah, that, like that's episode fair. two at all. But I, again, I Supergirl's the one two. show that I really dig um, because of my little kid like i yeah I watch it's a it lot more of a bonding thing i don't watch it if she's not around like i not because i don't like it because i do but yeah. because i don't want her to miss it and that's yeah. that's kind of the thing for me i i should i should also clarify too that if we were to go back to last season and say this like it'd be uh the flash legends supergirl and then arrow and arrow would be a very distant fourth like so distant that you weren't even sure that they were playing the same or they were racing the same race. I'm still not always sure they're racing the same race sometimes, but this week's episode was better. Let's talk about the flash first though. Yeah. Let's talk about the flash. Um, so this is the Harrison Wells recruitment episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is actually kind of a fun episode. Harry Wells decides, uh, that he needs to go and, uh, be back on earth too. And, but but they still need a Wells. Yeah. Meanwhile, team flash is like, but we can't, we cannot have you. And they're like, well, there's a whole multiverse. We'll just go get a different Wells. Um, This is also the mirror master episode, which is more important probably to the overall arc. Yeah. I did like mirror master. That was pretty fun. Uh, mirror master served a couple of purposes. Number one, it's a villain that Barry hasn't faced before. So mm-hmm. it presented a different challenge. Who's not a speedster? Like no, that's that's exactly. that's what I liked. And I'm not on mic at all. Um, <laughs> that's what I liked about this episode, though, was he was um, he had to kind of think outside the box to defeat Mirror Master. Uh, we got to see a little bit of romance between Jesse Quick and Wally. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. Yeah. We kind of saw it coming a long time ago, and it's about time they they finally actually pulled the trigger on that. Uh, and. In order to get Barry out of his predicament that he was in, we got to see Caitlin be a little bit more Killer Frost than Caitlin for a minute, Uh, which, of course, was accentuated by the reveal that we get at the end of the show. So 
there's that with the shower and the cold and then all of a sudden her lips are blue and she's got white streaks in her hair see so what i'm wondering here is she's clearly got powers in there um but she has no evil tendency so far like she's she's not upset about these things in fact she's reticent to use her powers and then she does uh only for good yeah, I think she's afraid because, uh, as far as I understand, we've retained all of the major points that happened in season two. So she knows that Killer Killer Frost exists on Earth two, and she's you know oh, totally horrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but what's not clear is uh, was Killer Frost on Earth two uh, bad to begin with, and then she got powers, or was Killer Frost good to begin with, and then she got powers and went way bad. Right. Um. So we're kind of seeing that play out a little bit on on the Flash proper, which is kind of interesting. So. And I feel like if, say, she gets into another relationship with somebody and then loses them again for the third time, it could lead her down that road. Hoping they don't go that direction because that's kind of a tired. It is tired, and that's why I say, like I say, like I hope they don't do it, but it very well could. Uh. Yeah. I, I think no, what I, they really need to do is set up a, set her up with another dude and then just kill him. Because that's like I a season want, tradition at this point. I don't want her to be evil. That's no, the thing. It's I like don't she's, either. We've seen evil Killer Frost, so we don't have to do that in the ongoing yeah. show. I I, I just kind of want to see her be Caitlyn, but have these cool powers. I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get that, I don't think, but that's what I want. I kind of do too. Like we've talked about this before. Caitlin is just so adorable. It's hard to see her. Like it's like you said earlier when we were talking about TJ Perkins about like it's so hard to imagine him go and heal. Uh, Caitlin's the same way for me. Like it's, it's like, so hard to imagine her. It's going like heel watching for me. Simmons on Agents of Shield. Like when yeah. season three opened and she was working for Hydra, you're like, wait, what the fuck? Undercover, no. yeah. yeah, yeah. Except for with that, I was immediately like, nope. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, anyway, Flash remains awesome. I, I'm still really enjoying that. The Mirror Master episode was pretty also awesome. Uh, and that brings us to Arrow, our Wednesday night show. Better. The, it, it was better this week than it's been, I think. Much, in my opinion. Um, Ollie has gotten over the, I hate my team, I don't hate my team, I hate my team, I don't hate my team. Um I like this one because Ollie was very driven for one specific purpose, and he did not let anything deter him from that, like including Felicity, which is I, a that, great leap for him. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, too. <laughs> Wait, Felicity yeah. said not to, and you still did it anyway? Way to grow a pair, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked I liked that. And it all worked out for the best, even though Felicity thought it was a bad idea? Yep. Um, they added a little bit more to the drama with the Ragman versus Felicity. Yeah, I like that too. That's finally a good way, I think, actually, to use Felicity in the show. Um, I, the, as long as they give get over all the Olicity bullshit, uh, I will. Felicity pre- is great at mentoring everybody that's not Oliver. Yeah, kind of. Like she was an okay character until they decided to make her like this big, humongous part of the show, and and that I didn't that even hate that at first. Well. I didn't even hate that at first. What I hated was that Oliver was just like always like, well. I won't be a superhero because I love you. And then she's like, well, but being a superhero is what you want, so we'll both do it. Yeah. You know, that part's kind (laughs) of... That's verbatim, folks. Yeah. Um, So... It uh, is a CW show, guys. Come on. uh, Um... 
Yeah, she's she's just a lot less irritating of a character when they stop using her as a needless source of drama that basically turns out to be teenage level bullshit. And so this episode, we actually finally, you know, like there is some still still some drama surrounding Felic- uh, Felicity, but something that I wanted to see, like she essentially nuked a town last season. That has to have some bit of blowback. And so we're seeing that a little bit with Ragman, which is the smallest possible way that could blow back. One guy is pissed off at, a, at her about nuking the town. Yeah. Um, I have so, a feeling we're going to see more of that as the season goes on. You see, oh, you're I not wrong, but I, I don't know if we will. I, I think we could. Um, they should make it a part of the show, but when it comes down to it, basically nobody here's, knows that that's the case. Given Arrow's track record, though, this is how it's going to happen. Everything's going to be hunky dory from here on out until two episodes after the midseason finale, and all of a sudden, Ragman's going to throw a complete and total fucking bitch fit toward Felicity for no fucking reason at all, except for they needed filler for that episode. Uh, that's a lot of people are talking about this too. If you remember back to season three. Season three was the strongest until episode nine, and that was actually really good. I thought until episode nine. Then episode nine, we go off the rails pretty much for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Season four it seems like it's getting a little bit better until around episode nine or ten, and then it's just a fucking shit show for the rest of the season. Yeah. And so, if this show can make it, um, we're in season five now. If we can make it past episode ten in season five, I will be willing to, you know, stop prefacing everything with, or you know, stop thinking like. You know, I'm just waiting for this to be shitty. Don't again. judge us, but we watched Arrow. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just, you know, like that, that sort of thing, like where, um, it, it, you're like, well, I keep doing this because it's a thing I really like, or I, I, it's a thing I really but that's want like to masturbating. like. Like, it's like, yeah, you really like it, but you don't want everybody in the world to know you're doing it. Like, that's <laughs> that's that's kind of how I felt about the end of of season four of Arrow. Like, as you much don't, as like, don't we, follow my Twitter account. Yeah, like as much as as much as we wanted to like not watch the show we still had to because it's number one is part of this show but but number two it's just it's part of the whole thing and like you don't want it to be bad but then you also don't want to get caught watching it like it's like when when you watch it you you feel dirty you don't tell people like when when you're at work or whatever you discuss around the water cooler like what happened on the walking dead or what happened with game of thrones and and, you know blah 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 when you but when you're like we're talking about arrow it's kind of like well it it used to be good and i still watch it and i'm hoping it's gonna get better soon and it's like how i feel like people felt like meanwhile everybody around the water cooler is like did you at least wash your hands yeah like (laughs) that's why matt and only and matt and i would only talk about arrow like yeah in his office away yeah. from everybody so <laughs> anyway this this episode though actually was pretty good um they they basically go break diggle out of jail um and that was i thought actually pretty well done pretty cool the 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 bullshit drama stuff is left to a minimum uh oliver basically gets to go be a badass uh which was a lot of fun they meanwhile they are, the rest of the team's like well we fucked up honestly they're taking arrow back to its roots and i when i made i when love I made, that when i say its roots i mean the Batman roots, as in it's mm-hmm. a knockoff of Batman. This feels a little bit like a knockoff of Batman, which, you know, to be quite honest, that's how Arrow started in season one, and that was when I liked the show. So. Jason Todd went and got himself kidnapped by Tyrese. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Except for, I, you know, that it's looking more and more likely that our Jason Todd is a different character entirely. Eh, maybe. Oh, you know, holy shit, actually. Making those two references, I'm almost of the mind. We talked about Tommy uh, earlier, and we don't want to see him come back as Prometheus, but... Now that you just made that reference, I'd be willing to bet money that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't want that either. But yeah. you know, I don't want it. But I think I'm pretty sure that you're was right. another good thing about this episode. We didn't see Prometheus at all. Yeah, uh, um, Legends of Tomorrow. I dug it. 
Yeah, Legends goes like to samurai feudal shit. Japan. Yeah, everybody's a samurai. Didn't watch it. Um, have you watched it at all this season? No, I completely forgot that it started airing because I've been busy with other shit. So to catch Ryan up a little bit, um, Rip Hunter is missing. I've heard from Casey. And the rest of the team is like, well, let's go find him. But they have this new guy on the team who's a historian. Okay. He's actually the one that... that this is where they use Oliver Queen well in this series, in, or series of series. This dude finds Oliver Queen, and basically he's like, so here's the deal. And Oliver's like, you have five minutes. He's like, well, you're Green Arrow. Like <laughs> that was fast, was. yeah. He was like, I know you're Green Arrow. And or, or he tells the whole thing about the Legends, and then Oliver's like, why do I care? And he's like, because you're the fucking Green Arrow, you idiot. Like, yeah. This is why you care. Like, you know these people, so fuck off. That that was actually That's kind awful. of a fun, like, yeah. So was he? So was Amel in this episode or whatever? No, he, he wasn't was in, in this the, particular episode. I just, I'm just setting it up for you because, like, the, that's how this guy joined the team. Was like, he was just like, "Hey, this is who this is," and like, they tracked down um, the ship, which is on the bottom of the ocean, and so they take Oliver's submersible down to it. Okay. And wake up Rory, the fire guy, mm-hmm. Heatwave, and uh, the fire guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know. When the Fire Nation attacked. Yeah. yeah. So they wake him up and he's like, oh, we got to fly the ship now. Because that's how he talks. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know what's funny about Rory? Or, uh, he doesn't sound entirely unlike um, a slightly less muffled uh, Ralph Garman impression of Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to beat people up now. Yeah. And I'm going to drink and steal stuff. Anyway. That's right. Uh, so... Oliver's like, well, I'm going to go. And the historian goes, but like, but you're part of this. And he's like, nah, you, you go with, you go with him. You got it. Yeah. Um, so, but that was like the first episode is them rescuing the rest of the team from different parts of the timeline, all except for rip. Um, yeah, we'll gloss over quite a lot actually, but the second episode, we find out that the historian guy is a hemophiliac, which uh, isn't something that they, people deal with on TV a whole lot these days. Yeah. And, uh, he also fights the Nazis, and uh, there's a secret serum thing in the, that episode that's sort of a plot MacGuffin, and uh, Ray uh, manages to grab the secret serum and, and reprogram it. <laughs> yeah, reprogram it, essentially, and the end of the episode has our new historian character basically on his deathbed, and Ray's like, well, I'll shoot him up with this shit, and they're like, but that could kill him, and they're like, he's gonna die anyway, so they do it. Uh, and then the next episode, we find out that he's got he can turn into steel, because like he's Colossus, except for on Legends of Tomorrow, because the fucking robot ship can heal Captain Cold's hand, like it can grow him a new hand. Can't do a fucking thing for hemophilia. No, they're <laughs> just like we we certainly cannot make your blood artificially clot, even though we can grow an entire human hand. Yeah. no big. Yeah, that was a little retarded. Uh, yeah. So anyway, this episode has us uh, basically after they're trying. Uh, Ray for some reason has been um, the one who gets to teach him how to use his new uh, you know powers of steel, and instead they blow a hole in the ship and then fall out of the time. This was stream so into fucking shitty Japan. too. Like they're just like fighting. And all of a sudden, like, Historian Steel dude, like, throws him into the wall, which happens to be the door. Yeah. Just knocks the door off the ship as it's drifting through the time stream. Yeah, and they're not really fighting. Oh, it's fuck. just like... Yeah, so they get thrown out of the time stream. They end up in feudal Japan. And then our whole episode is in feudal Japan, which was fun, uh, actually. So this is actually kind of the thing that I like about Legends is that they've really taken on this 
uh, episodic format. Like they're kind of like the um, Stargate or Star Trek of yesterday uh, in that uh, each episode is a chance to go do something entirely different. Uh, yeah. Like this week they're in feudal Japan and then that plays a part and they get to do all kinds of fun stuff with that. And that's, you know, I don't know. also marks the first episode where Sarah Lance hasn't seduced another woman. Yeah. She's also in control of the ship. So maybe those two are related. Mm. We're not really sure. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, the, this actually overall was, a, I think, a pretty fun episode. I, I enjoyed this. And as schlocky as it sounds, we even get a, you know, a Master Yoda reference when the, um, I forget what her name is, is asking where Citizen Steel learned. The Star Wars references are, are something that Flash is, is severely lacking in this year. So they had to throw it in somewhere. Yeah. They're like, a lot, all of our uh, Star Wars references allowance to Legends this year. And so that seems to be where it's going. So. Any big thoughts on Legends before we move on? Um, I'm excited to kind of find out where it goes from here because we know Ryan doesn't, but I'm going to spoil it for him. We Go know that uh, um, the original Reverse Flash, Eobard Thawne, not in Wells' form, is is kind of the big bad of this season as well as Damian Dark. Yep. What? Yeah, they're teaming you up. You really need to watch episode one. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that sounds fucking awesome and they have a member of the jsa with them on the ship now so that's that's cool yeah liking where the show is going so far Uh, i dig the characters i need to finish Uh, it ray doesn't have a suit anymore so i'm interested to find out where that goes as well as well as there's a big secret from the year 2056 i think it is yeah that uh barry allen has to tell rip hunter but uh the two fucking resident we can't do anything else this episode because we're firestorm people did yeah was, we don't have the budget for the firestorm this episode so we gotta go find a room in the ship yeah, we can't use file firestorm in feudal japan because the fucking emperor will just you know try and take it from us or whatever yeah um so they find a, a secret message to rip hunter that it was intended to be kept away from the rest of the team and i i'm pretty sure we'll find that out next episode what that is yeah, I think so too. Um, so last up, are we going to talk Agents of Shield? Did you watch it? Why wouldn't we? Uh, that's what I want to hear. Yeah, we talked about this before the show, actually. So Agents of the Sh- Agent Agents of the Shield. Um, Agents sticking- of the Shield. <laughs> Agents of the Shield. I'm I actually sticking- like that title better. I'm, st- I'm sticking with the feudal <laughs> Japan thing. Um, anyway, Agents of Shield this week was pretty cool. Um, so we're sticking with the Ghost Rider thing. Uh, they're trying to go rescue Ghost Rider's uncle. Dude, they're not just sticking with it. Like that's what the show is called right now: is Agents of Shield, Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Yeah. So they're going whole hog on it, and I don't think it's a bad direction. I I really have what am enjoying this run. Like in Daisy's Gauntlets, those are pretty cool. Like they're going to be permanent pretty soon. I guarantee it. I also think you're correct. <laughs> But uh, they they sort of depowered her by having the whole like uh, she can't use her powers because it breaks the bones in her body. And I don't think they're going to let that last too long. No, they're going to reinforce those gauntlets. And that's what's going to stop her from hurting herself. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually played a really cool part in this episode. We're going to skip ahead a little bit. So essentially prison scene. Prison scene. Yeah. Uh, it's not the prison scene that I wanted to see Chloe Bennett in, but it's the prison <laughs> scene I deserved to see Chloe Bennett in. Yeah. Um, so. Chloe, if you're listening, uh, I'm sorry. We love you. Um, 
the no actually chloe, chloe was awesome in this episode uh and the, her character arc this season is pretty fun too um yeah. so at the end of last season of course we got her sort of going off into mopey land because somebody died and she doesn't want to be a liability and blah 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 um so this kind of crops up in this episode a little bit as well um the agents are taking over a prison and the reason they're doing that is because they go to the prison to retrieve one of the prisoners who's uh related to our big bad this season so far and uncle eli uncle eli that's uh, uh ravi reyes's uncle and uh when they get there they find out that they're already all screwed up in the head from the whole demon ghost thingy um so they are forced basically to take over the prison in some respect and that goes south pretty quickly and they end up having to fight their way out and so we got colson may and daisy together and uh Colson and May are making their way out the door. They've got hounds of uh, prisoners at their back, which actually we find out is where they're recruiting for the Brotherhood. Is that... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Is that what they're calling it? No, they're calling it the Watchdogs. The Watchdogs. Watchdogs. I'm, I'm mixing storylines because it is essentially the X-Men... Uh, it's a little analog to the X-Men, kind of, but in the opposite direction. The Watchdogs are the guys that want to kill Inhumans because they're Inhumans and that's wrong and blah, blah, blah. So just, you know, uh, racist, essentially. Um, I think I think what you're trying to get at, though, is that Daisy decides she's going to fight yeah, all um, of them. She pushes she pushes May and Coulson out in this like sort of touching, like, they, they're like, we can't get out of here. And they're like, you guys are going to get out of here. And she pushes them out, closes the door and locks it. And you see just this flood of prisoners come at her. And she actually kicks most of their asses. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. This is kind of alluded to earlier in the episode, but she says something along the lines of uh, talking about the. Sorry, bro. I'm just gonna bang the mic like podcast, bro. Sorry, it was it was dressed provocatively. I had no choice. Um, <laughs> you said to grab it by the pussy. You didn't, you didn't know anything else to do. Yes, uh, that's as I'm told, uh, perfectly acceptable. Anyway, uh, so when you're famous, they let you do it. Yeah, they they do. They 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 want it essentially. That otherwise, why else would they dress like? That? We're really stretching this. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> it's a mic. Yeah. Uh, so Daisy pushes uh, Colson and May out the door, takes on this horde, and this is really funny because they kind of set this up earlier in the episode when they're saying basically like you can't use your quake powers or whatever because you're gonna shatter all the bones in your body and die and, and what have you and she's like eh I'll be fine I I was you know I didn't ha- always have these powers and I did fine before and then we just shoot back to this scene and yep she kicks ass uh and not only am I mentioning this because she kicks ass and it's fun but this scene the choreography is super mm-hmm. well done yeah um there's a lot of like using elements in the um in in the uh using the environment which I like to see. Um, that's sort of becoming a standard for like fight scenes. Like if you can't use elements in your environment, it's, it feels kind of cheap or chintzy, you know, like if there's a shovel standing right there next to you and you don't hit a dude with it, like you're kind of being an idiot. That's how it feels to me anyway. And she does a lot of that kind of shit in this scene and with the tray and the tables and yeah. So super, super well done choreography in this scene. Um, that's probably one of the big highlights of the episode for me. The other big highlight is uh, of course, when, when Robbie goes full ghost rider. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about that or I yeah. just keep ranting? Yeah, no. Um, earlier in the episode, we see Robbie look at one of the cells and realizes that uh, the dude in the cell is part of the gang that actually ordered the hit on he and his brother when he was younger. Yep. Uh, which resulted in his brother being crippled and whatnot. And he kind of confronts the dude about it a little bit. Um, but then Max shows up and he's like, no, fucker, this is over. Yeah, we got shit to do. Yeah. Stop being a little bitch. Like, and this we're is what we're go. here for. And, yeah. and Robbie's like, no, no, we're cool, we're cool. 
And then when all the other shit starts to go down with everybody else, like, of course, he goes back to that dude and he's like, no, fucker. Like, yeah, you ordered a hit on two kids and blah, blah, blah. And the dude's like, well, it wasn't me. I wasn't here. And he's like, yeah, but still. And the guy's like, well, no, I don't know what. Not yet. And then goes full Ghost Rider and fucking fries his ass. Yeah, that was actually kind of interesting because um, thus far we're led to believe that Robbie's only taken out just bad guys. Like, uh, well, this dude was a bad guy. Obviously, he was a convicted he, killer and shit. He like, was a he convicted was in, felon, but he's obviously he, like he was eligible for parole early, I guess, because yeah, good behavior. And he, and whatnot. Even the reason Robbie wants to kill him is because he thinks that he ordered the hit or participated in the hit on him and his brother, but he didn't. So he did. Um, it was somebody higher up, and I think. The guy that said that all of these guys were already dead, yeah. which means that Robbie probably had killed the guy that ordered the hit on him. Yeah, and he doesn't know now. Well, and here's here's the thing: could though, this, never know who did the hit. They're not doing the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider as they do it in the comics. They're kind of blending the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider with the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, so he is the Spirit of Vengeance and whatnot. The Spirit of Vengeance doesn't care if you serve time in prison. Yeah. For what you did, like yeah. it just knows that you send, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So that's not like what. Anyway, one of the reasons I wanted to mention or talk about this is because I I think you're you're entirely correct, and that's what they're doing. But uh, that th- that's definitely going to serve as a point in the future. Like when they get out of this, uh, that's got to be a big part of next episode. Is you killed this dude who, by all accounts, and they actually kind of alluded it in the after credits. This this. Uh, episode like Robbie killed this dude who by all accounts was a reformed you know and uh on on a good path more or less but uh they don't, I, that's going to be interesting how they handle that because With it clearly the senator is like, and, and the director and their little yeah. conversation it clearly is like there is no statute of limitations for the ghostwriter like essentially so yep it's going to get you yeah. one way or another um i'm liking the show this season I, I super, it's way it's quicker way to get better, into than yeah. any other season that we've watched so far. Season three wasn't actually that bad, though. I no, I don't disagree. I actually, uh, once you get past, I, I think one that, was pretty dry, and two was pretty dry up until they started addressing the Inhumans. A little bit. Um, I really like season three, but season four so far is killing it for me. So, um, the, the Ghost Rider character, especially, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I really like how they're doing Robbie. So. That all we got for this week? I think that's it. Next week we'll talk about Saga 38. We will. 39. 39. I promise I'll have read it by then. Um, we may yeah. even have some other comics to talk about because we've got some other stuff we've on our We've read a lot list. of comic books. Um, just give you guys a heads up. If you would like to read along with us, Eddie and I are starting to read The Clone Conspiracy. Is that what it is? I, you told me to read it, so I'm going to trust your you know, summation on I, that. I think that's what it is, the the, the clone conspiracy. Uh, we're going to read that. Um, I've already read the first two issues of it. I have to read Prowler number one because that's part of the okay. the ones that I told you to read. Um, by the way, the order you're going to want to read those in is clone conspiracy number one, then Spider-Man number 20, then Prowler. Cool. Just so you know. Um, there's a checklist in the back of Clone Conspiracy number one that actually is going to give you a heads up into what books you need to read for what. Awesome. Um, I am continuing to read Death of X, which is going to lead us into Inhumans versus X-Men, and that's going to lead us ultimately into the new X books that come out in February that we talked about last week on the show. Um, Eddie probably will read those two, would be my suspicion. I think you're probably right. Um, 
But for sure, there's a couple big story arcs in Marvel that we're reading right now. Civil War number six is out this week. We didn't read it yet, but we will talk about that next week on the show. Yeah. Uh, November 20th, Survivor Series. We will be doing live tweets during the show as well as recording a podcast afterward. Fairly likely. And I should be here for that. Yeah. And Bailey will, I, I will, will, will most I likely will join us. Make sure I'm not working a double or <laughs> sign up for a double. I got lucky enough to uh, weasel my way out of my double tonight to be able to do this. He did. He did. He had to pull every trick in the book. Yeah. Thanks for that. All right. So that's the show this week. If you like any of our shit, you can go to uh, Twitter and follow us at whatever you show. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatever you show. And uh, always send your questions and stuff to questions at whatever dot co. Uh, go ahead. And always send your complaints to at Charles E. Smith. On yeah. Twitter. Uh, Matt's also at the brutal one, and uh, Ryan's village hasn't gotten Twitter yet. So I, I have not. Yeah, uh, I'm not a Twitter. He's, he's still kind of hunting fish with spears right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> soon they'll discover the the electron, and you know we'll go from there. Um, They're working on it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we also would very much appreciate it if you go on to iTunes or um, and leave us a rating um, and tell your friends Probably about it. Probably a five star rating. Five star would be better. Um, I, mean, I think that goes without saying, but you know, most people are like, "Hey, go give us a rating," and then make sure it's just, all the lowest. Just you know. in case there's any question about it, there are five stars possible. So yeah, we would like the five stars. We'd um, love a six star rating. There's just only five. And available. of course, the best thing you can do for us is help us grow our audience. So tell your other nerdy friends about the shit you like, and uh, they'll like it too. Hopefully, yeah. All right. See you next week. Later. See you.